What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. talk about our sponsor i know it's insane that we actually have sponsors yeah i mean i but we appreciate it it's like when you have you really lucked out and you got like like a like a girlfriend or someone like that that you're married to the rest of your, all your life it's like how did that how did that happen? still yeah right Pe- people go how did that happen like I don't, I don't know i was persistent right like my grandfather chased after my grandmother for like over a year before she agreed to even a date she finally tripped and fell and he caught her right <laughs> so that's what happened yeah, it was like uh, Gramps just. Uh, uh, he said, "I almost went caveman. If she, if she wouldn't have, if after a year she wouldn't go out with me, I was just gonna knock her over the head with a club." Right. My grandmother would have been like, "I'm stronger than you." Like I, that, that's just the way they interacted. I love yeah. those two are great. They're prime example of how to keep a marriage going for 48 years, or whatever. Anyway, so we have yeah stuff to talk about the cellar door wine bar downtown Kingman, downtown Arizona. Kingman. Yeah, historic cellar, downtown. Cellar door is going to have first and foremost. Uh, oh my gosh, what's the date that he's playing? Uh, stand by. Is that this Friday? Is that like this I believe Friday? it is. I believe. Well, now we got to look. Now we got to read. Yeah, we, it didn't, we didn't uh, do this we're, in. Uh, we were all in rehearsal. <laughs> we didn't rehearse jack shit. God damn it! When is this Friday? Got it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, this Friday, February eighteenth. Eighteenth. Thank you. Is uh, uh, Rob the Drifter, which is uh, Robert Garland's, and any of you locals. Uh, will know, especially any of you with instruments or amplifiers or anything that makes noise. Mm-hmm. Robert Garland is the guy. He fixes everything. He's fixed a couple of guitars of mine 20 years ago. Oh, wait, he's like a luthier? He, uh, yes, he's a luthier, but he's also an electronics guy. I did not he can, know that. I did not know that. All um, right, so he'll be playing at Cellar Door. So, but uh, I have to say, oh, Rob, he's going by Rob the Drifter now because the poor guy, over the years, like he, was, uh, he, he started the band uh, Lonesome Dick. Which uh, any of you uh, Rockabilly fans out there, have you ever been to Rockabilly Roundup down in, in uh, Havasu or been around the, the Tri-State? Uh, Lonesome Dick is an incredible band. But then yes. uh, one guy moved away, so it was a trio. It would start off as a trio, and one guy moved away, and then, mm-hmm. then it became Lonesome Train, which is funny because it reminds me of the Lone Rangers like from Airheads. Yes. You're like, what, why are you guys called the Lone Rangers? There's four of you. like that. <laughs> so like Lonesome, Lonesome Dick was three guys. Lonesome right. Train was Robert and another guy. And now he's, <laughs> he's just Rob. He's just Rob the Drifter, like he's, which is a, fantastic. Kind of, it sounds like a sad story, but it's not really because it's, he's it's a really fantastic not. musician. He, he really, really is. And he plays all sorts of stuff. So yeah, uh, they'll be playing and, this Friday the Cellar Door. Probably 7, I'm guessing, 7 p.m., like usually. But it doesn't matter. Get down there, get through that early fine, drink some wine. And uh, he is playing seven to ten, so I would get there at six. Hell, it's Friday. Have fun, cut loose, get there at three o'clock. Let's just quit recording. And go down there now. You know what? I'm, it, it is it is it is Tuesday evening, and we should just go there and just wait. This reminds me when we used to buy tickets. You you people don't know what it was like to buy concert tickets. You know, thirty years ago when you had to get in line. What do you mean, you ca- people camp out? You know, we'd camp out for days and days. See, I, I never did that. Yeah, uh, we did. I never did that, but I definitely remember going to J.C. Penney to go to the Ticketmaster outlet. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they right. were at all, all the... Yeah, you know, Turtles, or, records, and tapes. What we are pe- peaches. When you, when you get out there and you would camp on the sidewalk of the strip mall. Right. And then you'd switch out. People would go, I got to work, man. I got to go to school. So then you'd, you'd Hold switch your place out in with line the dude and all that. And, that. and you could, yeah. yeah, that was... Anyway, so Friday night, 7, seven to 10 at the Cellar Door Wine yeah, Bar. Yeah, Cellar Door. But also... Have a glass of new... Yeah, some of the, the new, new wine. wines they've got here. they got uh, Madalena, which is a 20... Uh, it's a Paso Robles uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Right, uh, Charles Ken, excuse me, Charles King from Napa Valley, 
What is this? It's just called Generations. I don't even know what that is. Definitely a white. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's a Peter Mondavi family estate. All right. And then uh, the other one is uh, from Possible Robles. And it is a, a blend of uh, Cab and excuse me, Cab Franc and Cabernet Sauvignon. So Mr. Foss told us more than once. He goes, "This is top tier shit." Excuse me, Charles Krug, not Charles King. I misread Good the script. Lord. It's Charles Krug. Oh I know God. I need to get my shit together. Right, I'm working on it. Charles man. Krug. It doesn't matter. There are three new wines. Ask for it when you go down there because uh, Mr. Foss says they're top notch. They are high end wines. Right, and while you're down there. Take note of, and here's a reason to also go down there. They're kind of moving some things around down there. They're changing some things up. They're, the the cellar door is, they're rearranging things. And they're kind of under the, the kind of beginnings of a remodel. And uh, you'll see there's like a little lounge area now in the main sitting area. Yeah, may, you have a little uh, couch type lounge area. And then yep. they moved the, where the musicians play over to the, cor- the far corner instead mm-hmm. of against that flat wall, which is going to be. I think it's going to make a huge difference with acoustics. Yes. And uh, there's a little bit more seating in there because of the way they rearrange things, which is really nice. And they're going to be uh, building a, a raised uh, stage there shortly, but it's going to be a lot more musical acts. Like From now on until the summer, they're going to be you'll see improvements It's going to uh, happen on a regular basis. Incredible. Yeah. That place is fun anyway. I go there at least twice a week, sometimes eight times a week. I, I usually know if I'm, unless it's during the middle of the week, I'm sorry. I, I usually go, if it's like a Friday or Saturday night, and I go, let's go to the cellar door. I mean, I know it's going to be like a bottle or two of wine with friends for more than, it's going to be like a few hours. Yeah. Because it's comfortable. You go there, live music is always good, and uh, you're kind of, you're just in for the evening. Part of the good chunk of the evening anyway. Yeah, for sure. That's how it goes. There's been many times, I, well, last Saturday was one of them. Yep. I... Uh, we had a, a two musicians or a couple of musicians uh, playing at the at Blackbridge, which were phenomenal. Yes, uh, and I missed the first half of the one guy set because I was just I was hanging out at the wine bar. I was having a great conversation, and time flew, and I realized, oh shit, it's nine o'clock. Like my buddy's getting ready to play. So it was mm-hmm. Chris Lay and Ryan Graves from the Swillers played mm-hmm. incredible stuff. You missed out, man. Like they, they those guys had like tight harmonies, and it was it was it was really really cool. Well, what uh, happened anyway, was so, if you, yeah, so get down so to the, the cellar, cellar door. door is one of those places where you, it's a little bit of a time hole and it's fantastic. The reason why it's a time hole is that you go there and you just have a great time. You really do. It's so, in a beautiful historic building downtown, high ceilings. It's just a great little place. And for those of you that are scattered uh, to the winds, because we definitely have listeners as far away as the last time I checked was Iceland. So oh, really? shout out to Reykjavikers. Reykjavikers. I don't know Reykjavikians. Reykjavik- I, yeah, whatever, Please man. Shout out to us. Let us know how we're going to say that. I, gonna and you know what it came from? I found this out. Spotify and their algorithm. The, it'll read it. It like when Spotify when Spotify when you upload and the upload goes to Spotify, it runs through a filter and mm. their AI software picks up words. And targets oh, and audiences. So, so you for like you. this? We're going to suggest this. Yeah. So I'm sure all the time. Oh, that, that's I six love m- algorithms now. I thought I thought they would love them before. Remember, we'd talk. I would talk on purpose, like right now, because I hopefully will get an advertisement for something that I'm interested in. Yeah, something. I like, use that to my advantage. People freak like, out. I wonder I go, if this product exists, and then bam, it just shows up. And then you, then that's how you bid. You get a. It's probably like, like Elon Musk. You got of, a giant painting of Elon Musk smoking a blunt. <laughs> that's, how that, uh, that's how that happens. So funny. Um, but yeah. Anyhow, so yeah, check it out, folks. Get down there. Cellar door. Uh, Robert Garland, also known as Rob the Drifter, fantastic musician and, and an incredible human being. He's a good dude, just in, just on a personal level. So he'll be playing Friday the 18th of February. Uh, and also uh, go in and check out the new wines and the new layout because uh, things are, like you said, incremental changes over the next uh, few months. Should we tell the people why didn't we make it out on Saturday night? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. The people want to know. Yeah. Um. So we, how do we decide to do this? Okay. The studio's in a hangar. And in the hangar, we also do occasionally. It was pretty popular for a while. We we have a regular. It was like movie, once a month we, movie you, nights. Movie yeah. nights. You painted the back of your hangar door, the inside of the hangar door, right. flat white, white, and then we move the airplanesies outside, and uh, and people come over and uh, they bring food and some beer, and we pick a movie. Usually, it's like a big wrestling match, like for, during the week. What are we gonna watch? How about this? How about that? And, right. we, and then we finally sort it out, and then uh, we watch the movie. And we hadn't done this. Uh, COVID happened and other bullshit happened. And then I, why, what was the occasion? It was Chelsea's birthday. Oh, that's right. Chelsea's birthday because she wanted to see a movie. So Chelsea and Josh, or uh, I made a post recently about uh, uh, Josh's uh, Facebook page. It's an aviation kind of thing. But they're here working. It's aviation 101 is his channel on YouTube, folks. Check it out. It's a great job. Even, even if you're not really all that interested in aviation, he makes it interesting to to uh, experienced folks all the way down to folks who have maybe never even been in a small plane. And I, I and I'm not saying that because we're getting sponsored or anything like that. I'm no. honestly saying that because he's a good dude. I like I like Chelsea, his lady friend, and they're both great together on the the channel. But he has a lot of educational shit. And then some. He's got a couple of videos or like three or four videos that are like. It's just him flying for like 45 minutes. Right. That's how I like to fall asleep. I yep. told Josh that thinking he might get offended and he's like, "No, that's great. You're still <laughs> you're still a viewer." And he it has like it's like 275,000 followers. Yeah. yeah. He, Avi- that's the way how he makes it. So, it makes a living. So Aviation 101, go check yeah. it out. But also and so like, he he's here his, and Chelsea's here and what's her birthday? Her yeah. birthday was this past Sunday. And she kept hearing about these movie nights. Right. So, so he thought yeah. we, we would do that and then it's funny you had me download Wild, three the, movies. That, that Reese Witherspoon movie, which you, is fantastic. That? That's yeah. a good oh, movie. I've, seen, I've read the book too. After you told me about it, based on a true story, uh, where she has a bad life back east and, and kind of say, more or less says, "Fuck it, I'm going to go hike the, uh, the what's Pacific the Pacific Crest Coast Trail. Uh, the the highway, Pacific Crest Trail, Pacific Coast Highway." Wow. She didn't hitchhike Highway 101. <laughs> she hiked, hiked regular hiked with trail. feet and no thumbs. And it's a it's well done. It's an incredibly well done movie. And so then, there was that. So there's that, and then uh, Red Tails, which is a, a movie about the Tuskegee Airmen. The, yep. You know the black uh, the this one the U.S. Army Air Forces back in World War II were segregated still. Yes. And the Tuskegee Airmen. It's about you know them their trials and tribulations and what they went through and all that, yes. which I'd never seen. I started watching it the other night and then I fell asleep. Not because it's boring, but because it was eleven thirty at night and I've been up since five. It would have been nice if I think yeah they got some pretty good acting in that, but it would have been really good if they had better uh, special effects. You you, you could watch some of the dog fighting scenes. It's like yeah, because we're spoiled now, right? We're spoiled well, with yeah. fantastic special effects, right? So that would have been good. But it, I think it's an, a pretty good movie. It tells the story fairly well of the Tuskegee Airmen. And then you told me to download Top Gun, right? Which is funny to me. I'm like, oh, whatever, man. All three of those movies sound really good. So well, like, because maybe that. no one's going to like Top Gun, and then we're like, hey, wait a minute now, hold on there. No, uh, and people who don't like Top Gun can go fuck themselves. Right. Everybody likes Top Gun. Right. There's something in it for everybody. But then what happened? But then what ended up <laughs> happening was, and let me tell you, before the show, uh, or before the before we watched the uh, the the movie, I was talking to a friend of mine who I brought along uh, about. Uh, she asked me about the um, uh, what is it the the remakes, the Disney remakes, and I said I, I actively kind of boycotted them or passively boycotted them. I just didn't watch them. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Why not?" I'm like, "I just don't." The first one that came out what, that I that I remember hearing about was Aladdin, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, like, I can't get in the mindset of somebody playing the genie other than Robin Williams, right? Because that was an iconic role in my childhood. I was like 11 or 12 when that movie came out. I took my I walked my brothers. 
10 blocks to go see it in a matinee at the Mayflower Theater in downtown Troy, Ohio wow. for $1.50. There's a memory. Yeah. No, I yeah. And, it, and it's ingrained. I remember right. every movie I took my brothers to see, Men in Black, Men in Black 2, like all, I remember all of those. Right. So anyway. Um, but who brought that up to, 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 she, to watch she Aladdin? Brought, she, Chelsea brought it up. Okay. But it was funny because not even an hour before, the friend of mine, I don't know, I didn't say her name on the podcast yet, sure. so like, but she um, she said, uh, why didn't you watch that? And I, said, I explained it to her. She goes, you know, that makes sense. And I said, also, like, and I know this is kind of a bummer, and it sounds, hopefully Portia doesn't get too upset about it, but, like, Portia was my movie homie, you know, and when she moved away, I just didn't have a reason to go see movies that would be father-daughter appropriate, you know I what gotcha, I mean? I gotcha, yeah. And I just didn't go. But on top of that, like, you know, like, the the I, there's also a little bit more backstory to the whole Aladdin thing. When I was in seventh grade in choir we sang a bunch of the songs like medley of the songs and things like that it was all mm-hmm. disney stuff but it, like half of it was aladdin because it was hot right then sure and uh so that i knew all those arrangements and that's when i really that got me into learning about arrangements ah and how you change things for a bigger choir or for like a duet mm-hmm. or this and that and the other and then in eighth grade we did some the, of the technical aspects right of, uh, exactly music, uh, stuff exactly yeah. the technical side of stuff which i you know i've been reading music for three or four years at that point but like not super deep into it, and that got me really into it. And then the choir director let me uh, let me in on the arrangements, and he, I actually changed a few things. I said, what if we did this instead of this? Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, doing things like instead of the whole choir singing in unison, mm-hmm. you have your strongest, like, five people from each section instead of 40 people from each section singing, mm-hmm. and it creates a dynamic. And instead of just the whole choir singing at the same time, we back it off and do that. And he goes, that's a great idea. And so then in eighth grade, we did a – we did a combination musical theater and choir thing to where we act they acted out Aladdin but they had the actors most of them couldn't sing mm-hmm. but the choir kids could sing and mm-hmm. we already knew these songs so we did some of the, and we did the actual arrangements from the movie not a dumbed down version of the arrangement right so and myself and uh, another eighth grade a girl she um she and I sang um whole new world which was mm-hmm. actually like a pop hit like that was that yes, was a big was. hit on yes, the radio yep. right yeah and uh, so like I have like deep ties to specifically that movie. There's a lot of nostalgia there, and I kind of didn't want to waste eight dollars to see Will Smith fuck up uh, the the genie right. part. Right. And and I also now I understand why Disney does the did these remakes. It's to keep them to keep the copyright going because they were getting ready to expire. Because those stories mm. are are open. What do they call that? Uh, it's uh, not open source, but it's uh, pub- public public domain. domain. Yeah. But if you create a content, you can copyright and trademark that content. Again. And, 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 yeah. But it expires after X amount of years. Correct. So then they did another remake, and then they still have the content, right? right. So I, I, once I found that, I was like, oh, fuck it. Disney is an evil company, just like the rest of them. <laughs> they just like have... You're just trying to make money. They're like super happy, happy, joy, joy, but making shit tons of money. But right. whatever. So um, they taking taking public domain shit and just making it into amazing things. Whatever. But I never saw that that movie. You'd never even seen the first one. I right. Which I makes enjoyed sense because you were like in your th- what twenties thir- right. or no? You were in your. I didn't have any kids. No, you were in your thirties by then. That was ninety sure. three, I think ninety two. Yeah, thirties. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and that like, makes sense. Right at about thirty. Same reason why I didn't go see those or any of like the any of the movies that I knew that my kid would love to watch. Like, right. cause she she lives three hundred miles away, so I don't get a chance to do that very often. So, right. um, so I I told her that, and she was like, she kind of like. Was like, yeah, I I get it, and I said, yeah, yeah, it sucks, but you know, it is what it is. And then an hour later, not even an hour later, Chelsea's like, well, you know what? 
we could just um, I'll pay for the Aladdin movie if you guys want to watch that. I'll pay for it on YouTube. And I'm like, we have Disney Plus. We can do that. And I literally like she's like the the friend of mine that was with her. She's talking on my shirt. And she's like, let's watch the Aladdin movie. We can just use <laughs> Disney Plus. And I'm like everybody there has Disney Plus. So it would just right. log Julia, in. Julia logged into her account. And then we watched it. And I'll tell you. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it. Paul, I really did. Paul enjoyed it. It, it was, you were drunk on Bud Light Seltzer, but, you know. I had a large bit of... Joe, tell them how long this inventory of these weird, off, fucking low-quality alcohol pieces of alcohol are in my... 2015, maybe? <laughs> so About that? So well, I, Actually, no, because I packed them up from your old house. Or not <laughs> oh, I. Oh, my God. You and I packed your kitchen up. Yes. And I was like, how and many brought fucking, it over to the hangar. How many fucking totes of alcohol do you have? And he's like, enough. And I'm like, all right, fine. That's a great answer. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> That's why I have two refrigerators here. <laughs> right. So, so it's been there forever. It, mainly what it's been, honestly, this, I'm not making this up. It's been in there for a cold sink. Like, keep the refrigerator cold. It's just, right, you have to fill it up with something. Yeah. It, Otherwise, it, it'd be kind of empty. It runs way more efficiently when it's full of stuff. So it took forever to prep. I had to hose down the screen. I haven't been, it's been two years or whatever since we watched freaking movies here almost. Right. And clean a bunch of shit, move stuff around. I'm like, oh my God, what kind of booze am I going to drink tonight? Well, I got a bunch of rotten crap Budweiser, whatever the hell they are. The, like, the, what, what's the other margarita thing? The the Budweiser uh, Limeritas. Oh, the Limeritas. <sighs> How are those? I don't really remember. Yeah. Paul <laughs> got fucked up. Paul was fucked up right before the movie started. And he was like, all right, let's get this show on the road. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> and I. Oh, God. And then I forgot because you, your your friend wanted to go flying that you told me. And I forgot about that. So I said, did someone here want to go flying? Yeah. Okay. There's that. And then. Josh, I, I paid for part of the pizza, but he I gave him some money and he gave me some change back, and I kind of forgot about that transaction. I went, did I help you pay for the pizza? Like last night, did I help you pay for the pizza? He goes, yeah, I gave you this back, and they went, okay, I just oh want to make God. sure I don't remember. There were just things I didn't remember. I'm trying to piece together in my yeah all to this bad alcohol. It's been around for five hours, five hours, five years in my uh, seven se- seven years. In my I can't even add seven years in this location. God knows God. where, because have you bought a bottle of alcohol since then, other than Tito's? Probably not a lot. That's what I thought. Some Jameson. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So anyway, I cleared out all the bad inventory, so thank God for that, anyway. So, uh, yeah. And then and then we said, because no Chelsea and Josh, they didn't know. We said, hey, man, you know what's playing at halftime? And they went, no. Let's go. They, had, they didn't know. They didn't know. So, we, so we, we loaded that up. That, you know, the Super Bowl was this past weekend. We don't need to talk about it. I am from Ohio. I was rooting for the Bengals Same for the here. first time in a very long time, mostly because I wanted them to get a Super Bowl win. Same reason I've been I was rooting for the Browns hardcore the past two seasons because Cleveland is a town that's dying and needs they those people need a win. Yep. You know, my brother's a huge Browns they fan. Almost our, won. Our friend they of the podcast, Sean, and that so yeah, the Bengals. Man, it came down to the wire. It was a great. Great game, but even better was the fucking halftime show. So we right, showed, and they didn't know, so we loaded we it up, watched the trailer, the trailer, full volume, and oh, yep. and then overheated your amp. In that the, in that the, wasn't during that was during the during movie. the movie during the movie the the amp just shut off, which again wasn't during a part where it was uh, loud and long. It just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, it's like so we took a little break. That's when we got brought the we, cake out. Yeah, brought the cake out, which 
the, the Las Vegas. Uh, a friend bakery. Nicole brought came down from Vegas where she lives and works, and she came down because her and Chelsea are friends. It's her birthday. They're both pilots. And, and, and both she, pilots. She, she flies professionally. She just turned captain. Yeah, she's a captain on a Platus PC. Look at me, I'm the she's captain 25, now. 25, 24, 25 years old. Twenty four. She's a captain on a PC twelve yeah. now for a small little. Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, PC twelve. Right, but uh, what's not an airline? Uh, a charter. It's a, a, a yeah. charter uh, yeah. company. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, she went to a fancy bakery, which I've been to that bakery before, and that is fancy and very nice and mm. incredible, incredible stuff. She got some chocolate covered Do you remember the name of the bakery? Because I don't recall it's, it. Uh, f- um, God damn it. Now, I, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. I think it's, me. I it's, I in, H- I think it's I, in Henderson. Is it Henderson? No, it's Vegas, Vegas. Okay. okay. Uh, so she got all these fancy stuff and, and the fancy things and set them all out, but then she walks out with a cake that somehow she cut out a circle in the center of it and put one of your big ass candles, so, a yeah, scented candle in it. That 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 was uh, <laughs> that was uh, um, no, that was a uh, job. Yeah, what happened was he like we don't have any candles, and I went, do you have? She goes, do you have any candles? I go, I got a bunch of pillar candles, you know, monster things, like the little four inch. That'll be great. So I said, well, here you go. I, I thought they were just going to set it beside it and light it's it. Four inch, no. But then I come come in the in the kitchen area and they had they had traced it. They put the candle on top and traced it you know with the knife and then these cut. are all engineer types is right. the, they knew how they, to do this they cut a cylinder out <laughs> and cut, cut it out and set it down inside the, that was pretty cool one actually. big ass candle like wheel and, and they bring it out they're happy birthday to you and i'm right. like the whole time i'm seeing it, i'm like man that candle smells really good and the cake looks good too <laughs> i've never and then uh they're like well how do we get this candle out and they went to pull the candle out and just like pulled the whole cake up and set it on the table <laughs> You have to it was be great. There. No, okay. man, it was it was a good but time it was and really tasty stuff. Yeah, and, and I will then, say um, my review of the new Aladdin movie that came out three years ago is uh, it is it was fantastic because they kept all the original songs and then yep. added two songs. Those two songs that Jasmine sang, which I thought was a good addition because she only sang like two songs and one of them was a duet, so she only had right. one song on her own and. Aladdin had a shitload of his own songs. Yes. So like uh, so like I thought that was a cool addition. The cinematography was spectacular. That and was good. Will Smith was funny. Will Smith was funny. He did a good job. He, he usually is he, funny. He usually is. Yeah. He's not even close to Robin Williams. Like no. he, like on the scale of of, of, of uh, that he's on a 10 point scale, Will Smith hit about 4, maybe 5 out of 10. He still did a good job. It was cute. But there were still tons of little throwbacks. Like the lines, it wasn't line for line the same, but a bunch of the dialogue was. Mm-hmm. There are little throwbacks. Like if you had seen a lot, like me, we, me and my brothers actually wore out one of the tapes. My mom had to buy another tape. We wore mm-hmm. the fucking tape out, saw it. I bet I've seen that movie at least 200 times. I'm not even shitting you because it was like two or three times, four times a week. Sometimes it would just be on repeat on Sunday afternoons. Sure. And so. They did an incredible job, and then the, the the music was great. They didn't change any of the arrangements. I could tell by ear, like the the, and then that was that was a nice little like feather I can put in my cap. Is that when they uh, were singing "Whole New World," Julie and I sang half the song. Yes, you did. And the last note, we actually were able to harmonize together in the space here. The acoustics it sounded great, and I even high fived her afterward. And my friend that was here, who's never met any of these people, was like. I really like this. I had like, you know, such a good time. You, that was so funny, like the way you guys did that. That's really cool. And, I had enough yeah. bad alcohol that I don't really exactly remember the duet that you guys said. But I, what I do remember is that right before they started, he was talking about, the, uh, Lat was talking about the magic carpet. And then this is when you shut me down because the song was about to start. I, that because, was the song. Because I said, don't. you know, it's not really a carpet. It's more of a throw rug. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know about the aerodynamics of that magic carpet flying and like that. It's more of a throw rug. I was like, 
Don't you fuck this up. Gaines, don't you fuck this up for me. God damn it. <laughs> They're about to start singing. And everybody's cracking up. And then Julia was like, I think Julia was the only one not laughing because she knew. She just knew, like, don't do that. We all know you don't like musicals, Paul. But I enjoyed this, though. I but really you did. did, and I was I was I'm, I was pleasantly surprised you enjoyed yourself because it is very much it's not a full musical. No, it's like not. A, like the definite like if you go like it's a music based movie versus a full on musical. Correct would be singing dialogue. Right, that's the that's the that's the difference. Right, like there's a there is that dividing line there. Yeah, because uh, people I've had people try and argue with me on that. I'm like, don't don't argue with me with musical theater. I know more than you. I promise. So now then Joe brought up, not everybody's tired of this story already, but he brought up, he goes, I don't think your bulb is a bride's it was. So anyway, I found a setting. This is an older, older projector. Bought a new one online. Folks, it plugs in via VGA. Right. Okay, that's the only input on the back of it. Yeah. VGA. If it, anybody, it if you've ever hooked up a monitor right. to a tower, that's VGA. Right. It's like a little trapezoid thing with two little screws in it. So like, I happen to have an old laptop that has... It has it's it's like that in between laptop like it was kind of badass at its time but it's still like six years old but at the time it was like thirty five hundred bu- bucks like it was an expensive laptop so it has all of those outputs including VGA so right. I'm able to co- hook it up to that but you are gonna get a new projector or you, you said yeah a new so bulb? What, ha- what happened was it's like fuck I can't you said we need to brighten this up a little bit is there like a quick setting I went I don't I maybe not no we, we just left it so the next day I was checking it out and finally figured it out. Uh, that there is. It was on 50%. So I put it cramped to 100%. And by the way, that's when I didn't go out Saturday. Right. I, I, I said, fuck it. I'm just going to watch Gladiator. Too much. So- <laughs> <laughs> you watched the so like you watched by it myself by yourself in your, in your home theater right and it was a little, it was definitely brighter and I changed a couple of those settings and went this is a, a fair bit better than it was but I said fuck it I'm just gonna buy a new it's gonna have three times the lumens the bulb last you know twenty times or hundred times longer it's gonna be an LED bulb it's is gonna what be, it is. it's gonna it's gonna be able to mirror off of your iOS device whatever kind of device yeah. you have it'll be able to do that it's gonna have HDMI hookup directly to it from any other device. Yeah. You know, it's going to have all this shit. Did you order this? Yes. Sweet. And it was probably half what this one cost 12 or 15 years yeah. ago. Yeah, that's how technology works. Usually. I know. I know. Crazy. So it's going to be... Anyway, so we're looking forward to watching uh, Top Gun or whatever. <laughs> oh, speaking of, God damn it. Okay. The gayest movie that's not supposed to be gay. Uh, oh, God. Right. So the Top Gun, Maverick, like the to- to- yeah. Top Gun 2, you know, Maverick. Right. Keeps getting pushed back. It was supposed to be released in like tw- late twenty, or it was supposed to be released. Oh my in, god! Yeah, it was supposed when? to be released in late twenty nineteen, and then they saw because they think it's an Oscar contender, which is hilarious. But whatever, yeah. maybe it is. Okay, okay. So Oscar, <laughs> you know, the cutoff is January or is uh, December thirty first, mm-hmm. right? So that's a cutoff. They didn't want to release it in December of twenty nineteen because there was a shitload of amazing movies yeah. already in the running and that already had all this horsepower. Yeah. So then they were like. We'll just push it to like spring 2020. Sure, well, that's any, a good idea. Anybody else remember what happened in spring 2020? Uh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. There's a concert we were going to go to. Wait, I'm getting to that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There was also a beer fest we were supposed to go to. Yes. Wait, there was also. <laughs> we're supposed to get our passport and go to Europe. Hold on, I got Hold some on. more. <laughs> COVID ruined all of that. So now Maverick, that was supposed to come out in 2019, is coming out um, at some point this decade, maybe. Right. Uh, like I think, uh, isn't it now slated for? I think it's May, May of twenty twenty two. Are you sure? Did they bump it back to Thanksgiving? No. Oh shit! Maybe I they did. I thought they did. I don't. I kind of don't even want to look it up now because I'll just get more angry. Right. But then last night I get a te- or I get a uh, an email saying that Rage Against the Machine was rescheduled, which I knew it was postponed. So we were supposed to see Rage Against the Machine also in April sixth, 
2020 yeah 2020 2020 yeah and the whole reason for their tour was like the the lead up to 20 the, the 2020 election and this and that and the other so that didn't happen obviously then, then it was 420 then it was then it was yeah then it was supposed to be on 420 which last was, year 2021 which was the yeah the uh sweetwater uh beer festival and music festival in, yes in we we're supposed to go to that yeah that didn't happen no I'm still trying to go to it this this year. They canceled I, I, it, and then they canceled it in 21 also, didn't they? Yes, they did. They, they said it's going to happen the this year. The amount of concerts that I was supposed to go to in 2020 and 2021 that I didn't get a chance to go to because of COVID or other health reasons. But this is for a lot of people, though. Incredible. No, 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 no. I, I know yeah. that, and that's why I'm bringing it up, because this is a universal experience amongst most people. Right. The thing about Rage Against the Machine is they refused to do, because they, they could have performed their done their tour last year, Um. But they, they would have been mask requirements, and they would have to do fifty percent capacity, right. which means they have to add double the dates so that they can honor everyone's tickets. Right, and they can't do that. And they refuse. They put out a statement. They're like, when when like there's there are five members in Rage Against the Machine, the four band members on stage, and the crowd. Yes. And if we don't have everyone completely unfettered and doing it, it's not it's not the same thing, and we refuse to do that. And run the jewels. And run the jewels, and which is Rage the only group on earth that has the, to me, has the energy to open up for Rage Against the Machine to get that yeah. crowd pumped. Would be run the jewels. So, so anyway, I, uh, I remember first hearing about or hearing of Run the Jewels in uh, in Silicon Valley. Yes, because they played like that intro one music. The one it was called "Don't Don't Speak" or stuff. No, 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 no. Speak. nobody speak was nobody on speak. Nobody. Speak. Yes, it was but at the very end. That's not Run the Jewels though. I know it's it's with uh, it's, it's uh, DJ Shadow. DJ, it's yeah. a DJ Shadow track, and then they're they're on it. But but yes, Which and they, they probably will play that at this concert. I'm just guessing. Oh, I guarantee. You. No, they right. do. They do it every every concert. Right. So um, and then the video. I saw the video of that, which was just badass. And it was during that big fight that you were going with through the with the airport, airport authority, right, and right. it was fantastic. Going to lots of city council meetings and being angry oh all the time God. for like three fucking years. And right, that was like the proper timing, folks. If you've never seen the DJ Shadows, uh, nobody speak. Video, just go to YouTube and check it out. Because you said, will, don't speak like Gwen, just Gwen, yeah, Gwen, Stefani. no doubt, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to move past it, but I'm glad you recognized yeah, it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, last night I get a, an email from a Ticketmaster saying, uh, "Oh, and this year they were supposed to Rage Against the Machine, Rage Against the Machine had rescheduled for spring. For spring, that yeah. was the kickoff to their tour. The first date was going to be the date we we're going to be at mm-hmm. in Phoenix. Then they postponed the first leg." Right. Like the first half of that tour. And I thought they were going to postpone it to the fall. Oh, no. It's postponed to February 2023. <laughs> a year from now. I, I don't think... Co- this corresponds with, uh, with uh, Tesla full self-driving. It yeah, just, no, <laughs> no shit, right? Just keeps getting pushed so, back. And I, folks, do you, I, I know some, for those of you who have not list, been listening to us long, you have to go back two years or so, two and a half years, where uh, I explained that... I've tried to see Rage Against the Machine now. This will be the f- third time, fourth time right. in my life. Now, they're, they're, that band made a huge, huge uh, dent on me. A big, I mean, just yeah. a big impression on me. On not so much my politics, because they're pretty far left. I'm pretty liberal, but I'm not that, f- like, I'm, like, uh, Sean, our friend Sean Hicks, he says, uh, you know, if you go far enough left, you get your guns back. And I <laughs> that's, that's true. One of the that is hilarious. That's one of the funniest things I and, and that's and anytime I've had somebody who's like hyper 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 aggressively conservative, like that's their yeah, personality. All the left wing liberal types. Yeah. Oh, really? Push the, them far enough and yeah. see what happens. And I, like I actually went off on a guy who was just he was just drunk and being a prick to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey man, 
no politics in the bars. There's free country. And I'm like, <laughs> this isn't a free, this is not a free country. This is a private establishment. The Bill of Rights only protects you from the government, not from me. And I'm telling you to shut the fuck up. Right. And he was like, excuse me. And I'm like, look, man, I'm pretty fucking liberal. And I don't go around spouting off this shit, especially in a bar, especially in a bar I work at, and especially in a bar that I work at that have established rules, no religion, no politics. Here's what's also weird, and, too, about freedom of speech. I, we'll, we'll stop, well, I'll stop that in a second. Yeah. Is that someone says, okay, they say something that could be offensive or contrary to, I don't know, the world, and then someone else comes in and counters it and smacks them down pretty hard, right. and they get mad because it's freedom of speech. They, they really think... Yeah, that you need to get, can say that without anybody yeah the, knocking you down. It's not freedom from consequences. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, or engaging you. Yeah, exactly. Engaging they you. They really think that. So I that, can say whatever I want, and no one can fucking right. say anything. So I went really. I went a little extreme on this guy, and I was like, "Hey, man, uh, just so you know, pretty liberal." And he goes, "Oh, that's what's wrong with this country." I'm like, "Yeah, that's funny though. Let me tell you, uh, I'm one of those liberals you probably don't want to fuck with." And he's like, "Oh, what's that?" I'm like, "I'm well read. I vote, and I love guns." And he's like, wh- he'd never heard. It's like he'd never heard of that. And I'm like, you know what the Sandinistas are? Like, the, like seriously, right. like the guys that wear berets and fatigues. Right. Those guys are so far left, you would have no idea where they're. They're just like you guys. Right. They're just they have a different point of view on shit. What's that? So if you go go far enough left, you get your guns back. And that I am telling you, that shut that guy down. It was like it was like his brain malfunctioned. What's that like black a, group that was like like quasi military that was going to Stone Mountain? That was all armed oh. and well regimented. Oh God, damn it! Because the KKK was going to have a rally there. Gonna, the KKK was going to have a rally. I cannot remember what it was, but it was around the time the Black Lives Matter was gaining yes. traction, and one of their spokesmen was like, "Yeah, we don't exactly agree with Black Lives Matter." And like, I was like, oh, and like and someone else said something like, "Yeah, we somebody like we don't we don't bring signs either." Yeah, or so, so they they were just well armed, very well armed, and they're, all in good shape. A lot of them former military. Yeah, they weren't they they weren't the uh, the gravy seals or or <laughs> like any of that shit. Like they gravy. <laughs> I saw that. Oh my god, the gravy seals. Like the oh. I love I love when Sean picks apart shit like. Because the man was in combat, like he yeah. knows his shit. He knows he knows how to wear things and so on and so. Like mm-hmm. he's just a, he's combat trained. He's a combat trained marine, mm-hmm. right? And he'll make comments like I, he does, like John Madden, like play by play shit. He's like, well, you see right here, he's wearing uh, his vest, or he's he's got his uh, his body armor upside down in his vest, which is gonna do nothing but <laughs> chafe his love handles. And then <laughs> and I'm just like. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like, Sean has more guns than most military units in third world countries. Right. I assume. I've only ever seen, like, maybe half of them. Maybe. Right. And we're really good friends. So, uh, when he does that shit, it just cracks me up because, like, people, he has the politics are wildly all over the fucking they place. They are. They are kind of all over the map. And, and yeah. kind of so are mine and yours. And, like, I feel mm. like there's more of us than there are people that have completely decided everything. Yes. You know what I mean? And so, anyway, uh, not to, I didn't want to get all political, but, like, so Rage Against the Machine was a, a to dial, to re- rewind this back, the um, Rage Against the Machine was very uh, a important band to me because they were the first band, and as far as I know, the only band, that it, every album they put out in the liner notes was a list of books that they were reading while recording that, <laughs> and you should check these books out. And it's shit from, it's like, it's all over the fucking place. Yeah. That's how I got my mom to let me to listen, let me listen to it, because there's a lot of cussing and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. I was like 13 when I first like listened to them. Right. And I just said, Mom, look at the lyrics, and she read the lyrics, she's like, you know, there's a lot of foul language, but wow. Okay, there's history stuff in here. There's this and this and this and this and this. And then my and I was like, now flip to the last page, and it says, "Read these books we have." 
and then it's like a list of like 30 books. Mm-hmm. And I said, Mom, this is like the, this is a smart band. It sounds angry, and it is because mm-hmm. they're angry. Mm-hmm. This is activism rock and roll. And that's that that just drew her in. She's like, okay, these are different rock stars. These are guys that are well read. These are artists. You know, there was so a reference anyway. on SNL one time with, uh, I know you know this candidate. He was a Republican candidate. Ne- never won. He was a really Ralph well- Nader. N- no, he wasn't Republican. <laughs> he was uh, Ralph Nader was uh, Green Party. Yes. Uh, this guy was was right wing. Bob Dole. No. N- no. But the right vintage, because this guy ran several times. It's the mid-90s. I know. A really wealthy guy. He was a businessman and never won. What the fuck was his name? He was on he, SNL one time. And he was he played a – he had, like, long hair and, like, he was a roofer. Okay, that was part of the skit. And he's total business guy, right? Total – and he was talking about – yeah, tonight we're going to go drink beer and sit in the back of my Camaro and go watch the Rage Against the Machine concert. And it was so hilarious because he's he is the machine. He, he represents the, the machine. Right. Oh, what the fuck was his name? Oh, Joe's going to look it up. He's going to I'm 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 look up Republican presidential candidates in the 90s. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, he ran more than once. Again, he's, Okay, so there were a bunch of presidential candidates that he's were there probably was, a billionaire. Gerald Ford was on on Gerald SNL. Ford. Yeah, uh, after Gerald Ford. Ralph Nader. Nope, he wasn't Republican. George McGovern. What? Nope. Jesse Jackson. Nope. George H.W. Bush. Nope. George Pataki. This is a candidate. Rudy, Rudy not... Giuliani. Nope, nope. Steve Forbes. Yes. There you go. Steve Forbes. Steve Forbes. Uh, Forbes magazine. Of all, that's that's who he is, I believe. So, yes, he was on SNL. I'll have to watch it during the break. <laughs> I actually remember this episode. I remember his monologue. He's like, hi, I'm Steve Forbes, and I'm human. That's right, I'm human. Just like you. I may have run for president. I may be a publishing tycoon. But just like any average Joe out there, I get frustrated when I lock my cars inside my helicopter. <laughs> That's fucking funny, man. That's rich guy humor. Yeah, I, like, I can, funny. I, like, I can be like, I would groan, but I would laugh like, at so it. There was a skit yeah. where he was talking about going to Rage Against a Machine, which I thought was when I saw that, I went, this is good for him. Yeah. You know, good for him for yeah. playing along. I, and I love those guys that. And that's uh, what you know, Trump never would play along. T. Trump would never ever go on he, SNL. No, he and, never would have done and that. Be and be self, and, self, uh, self-effacing or self, yeah, he would or never self-deprecating. That. Right. And that it, it just nah, whatever. But then, again, yeah. but anyway, we don't yeah. have to go off on that. We spent enough right. time on that topic. So, yep. uh, but no, I've tried to see Rage Against the Machine. First time was 1996. I was 15. I begged my mom to pay for tickets, and we were both going to go. Then my grandmother passed away. And she was living God in damn it, she grandma. Was, she, right. <laughs> she was living in Tucson with my grandfather. They right. had retired. And um she passed she passed in like October. Mm-hmm. And then they like the I didn't get to go because I was I was in school and I was young and all that, but my mom, my stepdad, my dad like all these people all went out, you know, went to Arizona for her funeral and then uh in at the show was supposed to be around Christmas. It was like three or four days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we went out there for Christmas. Oh, and my dad, my dad felt so bad for me, and my dad was living out here in Tucson, and he felt he just felt really bad about it. So he took me to Mexico the day after Christmas for five or six days. Okay. Anyway, so that was '96. Uh, in 2000, I bought tickets to see them, and then they broke up mm-hmm. and canceled the tour. In 2007 or 2008, they got back together at Coachella, and I had an eight-year-old, and I could not afford $450 ticket and driving 400 miles. Right. Twenty like 12 or something like that they got back together and did like six dates and i couldn't afford to go to the la coliseum and pay 800 dollars to see him and then this time found out they were going on tour took the day off work so that i could buy tickets right and coordinated between me and mike hinman and uh our uh 
our esteemed producer Dano, yes. also known as uh, Cyrus Poe. Yep. He he we the the three of us like coordinated through a group chat and bought six tickets. Yeah, yes. Which I is one of them yes. is for you. Yes. And which you told, uh, you told me about later. And went what the fuck? Yeah. Well, because I knew you were love run run the jewels and rage against the machine, right, like, and just to like, fi- like I'm finally in a, in a financial standing to where I could kind of repay the favor of when you guys all got together and bought me a ticket to go see uh, Roger Waters, and that blew my mind. So I'm figuring by the time this happens, I'm going to really have to get in real physical condition and lift weights on because I'm going to be down in the fucking pit if oh, there is the, one. There, oh no, and I'm going to get injured. We have floor tickets. We have GA floor tickets. I'm not right. sitting down to watch Rage right. Against the fucking Machine. <laughs> the fuck out of here. All right, Paul broke a hip. We got to get him out of here. Like, no, nah, I got to just put me in, coach. Give me a cortisone shot. I'll be fine. <laughs> Damn it, Gaines, with your like, glass like hip. How old, how, old, how old is Tom Morello, for example? You know, how old are these yeah, I guys? I think he's probably, those guys are probably all around 50. Right. So I would say, and maybe a little older. Right. Um, I love him on um, Lithium. Yeah, he's great. He, he's uh, I, I he, he he tells story stuff about certain songs and people he plays with and goes, oh yeah, here's me and so and so and we're doing this rendition of whatever and yeah. boom, it's like he's a bad he's a badass fucking dude. I he, love him. He really is. Uh oh no. Oh no! Tom Morello is your age. Oh no, sixty-four. He was born in sixty-four. See, well, one year. So there you yeah, go. Still. He's basically my age. Jesus, Comerford, uh, their, their bassist. Yeah, he's uh, born in sixty-eight. They're kind of all over the map, but uh, sixty-eight. Yeah, they're all around between. They're like fifties. Maybe they're really delaying because someone did break it. Zach De La Rocha is the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they all they broke their hip. Like they broke their hip in practice. <laughs> right, they're jumping around. Oh, yeah. we broke another one. And uh, Zach De La Rocha is fifty-two. I'll be damned. Wow. Okay. So they're Jesus. they're all they're all in their fifties. That's, yeah. that's fucking crazy. Now, but look at those guys though. They're all in incredible shape because oh, yeah. they've always been in that fucking band. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. So yes, I'm, family people now. I'm and still, stuff too. I believe they're oh, all. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're all. They're not like yeah. They're so like the band go. that I want to start. Like the the. Uh, I always want to call it corrosion of conformity, but that's not what it is. That's I know Coc is a real band, but mm. uh, Fred Armisen. And uh, one other guy from SNL, and then Ashton Kutcher and Dave oh, Grohl were in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did that sketch that like was 10, 12 years ago, where they're like, "Oh, they're at the daughter's wedding." Yes. God damn that it! That was hilarious. He's I like, never oh. even saw that until you you brought that up. To I me. laughed so fucking hard when I saw that, and then I immediately sent it out to like Chris Lay, Brad Sackley, a whole shitload of all these musicians I know. I'm like, why can't we do a dadcore band? Right. Because that would be fantastic. With thinning hairlines, we're all a little bit fatter than we used to be. Like, let's get out there. And just throw down like '80s hardcore shit, like Fugazi or Black Flag or Melvin, something like that. And, and David and Grohl is such a great dude too. It does, it's so funny to watch. He makes them. a joke about his prostate on in that sketch. <laughs> They're like, you know, uh, everything's still in pretty good shape. You know, I think we can probably pull this off. He's like, unlike my prostate, <laughs> like this real fa- horrible fucking dad joke. It's it's uh, folks look for it. it's like Fred Armisen band sketch and it's one of the funniest things I've ever yes, seen. Yes, what was that? Fan, was it on HBO? That one fantastic uh, music sort of uh, road trip sort of uh, that was on history. Showtime. Shit, it, I keep fucking that yeah, up. Yep. What was the show called? Uh, God, it was such a great uh, where series. Dave, Dave Grohl went to a different city and talked about the music scene that was like endemic to that that yeah, area, like deep in the history of it. Yeah, and, all and that. goes deep on and, and every then they, single, and, and then he talks to his like favorite musicians from that area. Like, and then for, they'll play with people locally. Yes, and, and then they record a song yeah. in that and they put it on uh, highways, album. Sonic Highways. Yeah, that's it, Sonic Highways, which sucks because you. I don't think you can even watch it on Showtime. Anymore? Or no, you can't watch it on anything but sh- the Showtime app. Okay. Like, it's not streaming anywhere, so I just have it pirated. You guys I, have, have the downloaded. Showtime app. It's worth it. If you haven't seen it. Yeah, Sonic Highway is really cool. If you're into cool. music, it's really good. And mm-hmm. David Grohl such a... He's a music historian guy. I really... A, I love that they went into the... Um, 
the history of uh, Washington D.C. like the D.C. hardcore scene because they talked yeah. to uh, Ian Mackay from he started Minor Thread and Fugazi and a bunch of other shit and he would be him and uh, Tom Morello should start a band together. Yeah, because they're both very they're politically aligned the same yeah. way. They're both brilliant. They're both DIY. They both come from the punk rock background. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, like, just, it, it, but then, but then like the second half of that, the hour long show uh, of the, the episode of DC, they go into, um, oh shit. And I'm going to fuck this up. It's a style of, it's a style of funk that's more based in Jamaican dance hall. Okay. But with funk bass lines. And I remember and that, it's but like, I forgot, it's like, yeah, but they have like 10 drummers in each band and they, they play in big like ballrooms. And mm-hmm. it's been going on since like the late '60s, and it's still going strong. And there's like ten or twelve bands that have been going since then. It's they really, never made it's it really big. Cool. There was yeah. never any big hits, but it's a it's a type of like just a type of dance music. But it's right. just it's incredible. And I bought it now. I've got a couple records mm-hmm. of that stuff. But they go, he goes deep into that, and they go to Austin, and they, they remember they went to Austin City Limits where they used the the old stage. Oh, that, and they, they found the old piano they that, found that the, they they figured out. That's what all these these people from just, the '60s and '70s were using. Yes, yeah, and and. Dave Gold kind of freaked out. I think he learned at that moment. He said, so this piano was what, whatever artist it would have been, right. played on this piano. Was, who's the guy from the Allman Brothers? A Dwayne or Greg Allman. No, no, no. Oh. Thank you. That, I know the Allman Brothers, but yeah. in the band, the Allman Brothers. No. Oh, God. The keyboardist, man. He's like, he's he's incredible, but I think that's who they were talking about. I can't, yeah. When, oh, and he, my God. And he kind of freaked out. He kind of, he kind of stopped for a minute, didn't he? I think he kind of. He got a little paused. emotional. He kind of was just looking at it. Yeah. You know, and kind of, uh, yeah. And I think they used that. Didn't they bring that piano out? And they play did. It? No, they played. They absolutely played it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't <clears throat> believe that I can't remember. Like, if Charlie listens to this, he's going to slap the shit out yeah. of me the next Greg time. Greg Allman? Is that you talking about? The fact that you said Greg Allman, Allman almost hurts my fucking feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Butch Trucks. It's. Uh, You're just mad because I saw Greg Allman. See, set, well, yeah, you didn't set, say anything to him. Sit right behind me. Dickie Betts. Oh, yeah. That's not it. He plays guitar. Oh. Shit. Shit. Anyway, maybe it was Butch Trucks. Nope. That's a drummer. I don't care. Whatever. Famous dude, and a ton of famous people played that right. in Austin, on Austin, uh, City Limits, on PBS. Also, the PBS app is free, as it should be, and they have everything. Going back to, like, the 70s of all the Austin City Limits, that's the only thing I watch on that PBS app is I'll just throw one of those concerts on and and watch it and it oh that old shit's fantastic but it was more kind of country because it was oh, Austin early early on man I early don't, on no it was a, it was it was mostly blues early on God, there was, wasn't there God, I thought I saw mostly country in that shit when I lived in Texas maybe that's what they funneled through yeah maybe they filtered Dallas. out well because you only in, let you listen to or yeah, see it well because I like, don't like those types down there in Austin there are too many guitars and not <laughs> enough slide guitar <laughs> we don't like those types like they're Jerry not, Jerry Jeff Walker I'm sure I saw him in uh, Austin oh Texas, yeah you know. By the way, yeah. unpopular opinion, uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band's version of Mr. Bojangles blows Jerry Jeff Walker's original out of the fucking water. Well, I'm a lot sorry. of these people that, that wrote the stuff weren't the people. It's not their, you know, gig. You know what I mean? No, that was Jerry Jeff Walker's. He, he had a hit with it. Right. Well, the, the original, he, the one that we all know on the radio, you're saying. The, the Mr. Bo, the one that the only one I know on the radio that I've ever really listened to that I heard all the time was was by the Dirt Band. But I'm also okay. I'm also a generation younger than you, so maybe you listen I, I to that. I don't even know that. Now that you're bringing this up, I don't remember which version I would listen to, or it would be on the radio all the time when I was a kid. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. We'll be right back, folks. All right, fine. 
we got to get it wrong. Mary J is in the spot tonight, and I'ma make you feel alright. Come on, baby, just party with me. Let it loose and set your body free. Leave your situations at the door, so when you step inside, jump on the floor. second half of uh, Cartoon Casual, where we we talk about some of the serious, more serious topics. Yeah, we like to get a little serious, even though I got a little heated about postponements, but right. this is serious talk. And if this is uh, in the evening, get ready to go to sleep. This probably put you right to sleep, because I want to talk about supply chain and inflation right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. What did you say? You are aware we have a supply chain issue, per se? Yeah. Right. There's shortages of stuff. You can't get cars. You can't get this. You can't get that because of well, COVID. COVID fucked everything up. Right around well, the world. That microchip factory. Right. That that so issue. There's that big, with that. that. That's the big thing with the cars. And there's a bunch of other ones. Like we can't get. Here's one for us right now. We can't get aircraft tires. It's like three months to get those 
roundy black things right down there. You're looking I'm at. aware of what tires are. Oh, okay. Thank can't, you for pointing it out, though. Can't get them right now. Can't wow. get them from Goodyear. Yeah, two, this or, is, two or three months. And Ed Mann was talking about the same thing with bikes. Right. right. Bikes! Right. Sorry, I had to throw so that out So what happens is... You can't, you, you can't just can't get certain things. Because inflation's gone up. You probably see on you know, CPI, the, the Consumer Price Index, has yeah. gone up at record numbers. Close to... You know, it's, it's going up right now. And the so the Fed, the Federal Reserve, tries to jump in and slow... Because usually inflation is if the economy heats up. The economy heats up so people demand a lot. So that, that makes the price... Demand goes up, uh, price goes up. So the way they try to quell that is to raise interest rates. Interest rates are very low right now. So they're going to go up like 50 basis points. That's a half a point or half a full point. Uh, 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 it, that, that, so they, they raise interest rates periodically to slow the economy down to get inflation under control. That's one lever. So inflation happens when the, the economy is good? Yeah. When, well, uh, supp- so when, okay. a, when supply, like, like if, if supply goes down of something, then the price will go up. But if, if the economy is cranking along... Like you have full employment and factories are cranking out as many cars as they can, but there's still demand. Like the economy's going, and then prices are going to go up. So the Fed says, okay, that's a hot economy then. And, and that drives prices way up. Like real estate right now, you know, prices have gone up in real estate a lot. It, yeah. That silly airplane out there, it's worth like $100,000 more right now than it was three years ago. Holy shit. I'm not kidding. Wow. You okay. Know, so, so it's not um, just used cars, it's used planes it's as all well. Kind, it's, wow. it's a lot of shit. Yeah. So the Fed goes, oh, my God, inflation's going up. One lever they can pull is they can raise interest rates to slow the economy because the higher the interest rates go up, people then borrow less money in theory. They have less debt, so they, they slow, that slows the economy down. Okay, that kind of works. That's one lever they can pull. Then they have the money supply, the money supply too. They can, they can buy or sell bonds. This is a real snooze fest. But they have bonds they can, they can buy or sell. If they want to put money out there to, to, to boost the economy, to get it going, they will buy bonds – they physically will buy bonds for cash, and then cash goes out in the marketplace or money goes to the marketplace that banks can loan out. And that can, that's, just, that's another lever they can pull. Okay, so here's where I, it's fucked up, though. Normally, again, they can raise interest rates to slow the economy down because it gets overheated and then you know, inflation happens. That doesn't, this is not what's going on right now, though. And I don't get this. I watch CNBC and other financial channels, and people lightly bring this up. But not very much. I'm yelling at the TV. I've got an international finance degree, but I'm not that smart. You know, these guys are on television, and they should be smarter. I'm going, this is not going to work because the prices are going up now, not because the economy is overheated. It is. People are just pent up. But there's supply chain issues. There are factories that are shut down, you know, that can't supply. Let's say, you, you know, people want cars on an average amount. Say they want a million cars a year. But the factory's not making the cars because they can't get the chips to crank them out. Okay, right. it's not because the prices are going up because the supply goes down because the supply chain's fucked up, not because you know they're cranking out a bunch of cars and people keep them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they they can they can raise the interest rates to quote slow the economy down, but that's not what's going on. The problem is the supply isn't there. It's not that the the economy is heated a little bit. A little bit because there's pent up demand right now because COVID people are opening back up more and it's like the rubber band effect, right? It's snapping back but, basically, right? So that that is happening a little bit, but what's really happening is the supply is just not because there's still factories closed down in Asia right now because of COVID, right? Indian places like that are getting slammed, so that just there's not enough products out there, so that's why. So they, you understand, they 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 can't. They can't pull the lever and, and raise interest rates just to back down the activity of it, the economics. The economics are fucked up right now because there's not enough product that's out there. So they're pulling this lever 
they're going to be slowly raising interest rates to slow down the economy. But that's not why prices are going up. Prices are going up. One big reason is the supply chain's fucked up. You understand what I'm saying? I do. You're welcome, oh, I, I do. I, Every, I all the audience out there can do you, you thank you. I welcome. actually understand it a lot. understand the concepts now a lot better that you've that you've kind of fleshed right. it out for me because I really don't understand a lot of that stuff. I, I'm trying to figure out why why are people bitching about inflation and talking about how everything's so expensive and blah 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 blah, blah when our economy's growing. And I'm thinking I don't quite understand why inflation happens when the economy is doing well, because I always thought inflation happened when economies are doing bad. No, it goes like well German, because like in, cause, cause it's going. People have money and they're going to buy shit. And, so if you and I both want this headset right here, you're competing for it because there's so exactly. many people. Now the price I goes see. Up. Okay, right. okay. So there it is because there's limited supply. You know, so the, the strange thing is, is that like the supply chain issues, they're seemingly like in certain. They're only in like certain in, for certain products. Mm. Like we don't have a supply chain issue in this country for. Uh, some stuff for grain like right. grain to make beer raw ingredients to make beer right like i can i can order on a thursday and there's a 50 50 chance right. a thursday afternoon right i can order put it in like still a, right now you're saying right now you could right it's now not like, a problem yeah so like some things like that three thousand pounds of grain right we can put it in an order on a thursday afternoon and country malt group will have it here sometime 50 50 chance will be on friday now, 100% chance will be there by Monday. That's incredible. Now, granted, it's coming out, coming out of Vista, California, down by San Diego, mm-hmm. but they also supply a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And we're a small-time guy. We're not like silo. We're grain, bags of grain. Does that make sense? Yes. So there's that. Same thing goes with hops. I'm still able to get stuff on Amazon, things like that. But then are there's the, other the prices are going up. I, no, no, not that I, no, no. And not, you, you're not aware of the prices. You're, yeah, of course. Aware, yeah, okay, yeah. It. And I look, and I know. I only reason I know about the price I can go back because I want to go back. Say, in our our uh, CMG, like where, that we buy our our, our uh, uh, barley from. I, I'll look back. Say, oh, let's make this beer from blah 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 blah. Okay, we want to make these beers. Let's look back. Uh, how much do we spend on this? And it's virtually identical. It's not that much more. It is a little bit more because mm-hmm. freight shipping has gone up a little bit, and they've added tacked on these little fees. Like, right. Like you have to pay. It's like twenty five dollars just to drop the lift gate. Right. If and they it, don't have a dock to back and, up to, that's they they right. charge you extra twenty five dollars. Which whatever. Okay, fine. But anyway, like I'm and, just lo- looking at little things like that. So and fuel prices are going up now. People go, yeah, it was two dollars and fifty cents when Trump was. Pre-. You know what also happened about a year and a half ago. Is fucking COVID, and so the fuel consumption airlines fucking stopped two years ago. Right, two two years ago. Right, yeah. so that's why fuel was two dollars because right. there was less being burned. People didn't travel anywhere. They People didn't, didn't do anything, and they're they're supply and demand. Right. So now they're they're having to crank it back up. People want to drive and ship more. Well, you, the, the refineries were shut. Down. A lot of them were back way down. You don't just turn on the burners and let it. It takes a while. This takes a while. And another thing too about fuel prices going up is because of electric vehicles. That's another thing. That's another aspect right. to it. I, I I just I did read about that. It that, was a, it was going to keep going. Yeah, it, and that's just going to keep going. And it's and it happens with old tech. That's what happens. Yep. Like my the laptop that I've got is old tech, right? Mm-hmm. It's an i7 processor, 16 gigs of RAM. It's a it's an it's an okay. This would be a perfect laptop for somebody like a college kid who was broke as hell and still wanted to have a, a like a decent laptop and I could sell it to him for 200 bucks, yep. right? Yeah. 5 years ago, um that 
that thing was six years ago. Like I said, I think it was about $3,200 or something like that. It's kind of a badass machine. No, it would have been seven years ago, I think. It was kind of a badass machine. That's a lot of money seven years now, ago. Now, here's the thing. If I were to buy parts for that because it's old tech, mm-hmm. holy shit. If I were to buy the RAM that go, if I were to buy, if I wanted to, because I can go up to 32 gigs of RAM in that, mm-hmm. but the RAM that that takes to put, to double the you RAM. You can't really get it anymore. Oh, I, you can. It was expensive. $800. Now, well, why would you want to do that? Well, if because maybe I like the laptop. Okay, I, you know what I mean. People people sure. do that. They keep old shit. They okay. like an old workhorse or whatever because it's still a good computer. And it's expensive it's not too good because, because Windows Ten sucks dick. But like, it, and, they, it, and they don't have millions of those that that RAM around either. It's a certain kind of RAM, exactly. So, and, so the price is going to go. And up. as people stop adopting that, or it's people no longer adopting that tech, and they've moved on, mm-hmm. it just gets more and more and more expensive. Like. The projector that you have that you were just talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the, the one that we've been using that you've had for years, mm-hmm. that projector, if you were to buy it new, is either going to be $50 used on eBay or $5,000 brand new because it's sitting in a box somewhere and nobody wants it. Right, right. Right. It's weird. It, it, it's like this wave of, it's real. like, same thing goes for old, um, the old iPods. Oh, the, uh, the one the, we're talking about that I had out here. No, not no, not yours. The big boys. Oh, the one gotcha. like the the eighty. Looks like a gig. phone. Looks like a phone. Yes. The yeah. eight, no, that's an iPod Touch. I'm talking about oh. the old uh, Touch Wheel, the second generation iPod. Well, mine is a Touch Wheel. Like, God damn it, Paul! Listen to me. I'm listening. It, you couldn't play video on them. Oh, oh, those and they were ones. like a little tiny hard drive. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm talking second gen, shiny okay. back. Some okay. of them had red front. They had like the yeah, YouTube it, version, right? Yeah. Those things are a hot ticket item because people like that old tech. Right, and it's like nostalgia. It's got some of that, right? Yeah. So they're they're less expensive than a newer iPod Touch that can do more. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people want that one. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people want that iPod Touch that's seven generations old because they have a brand new iPhone. iPhone that does the same fucking thing. Right. So that I I'm now I'm starting to understand that now that I kind of understand how tech <clears throat> works when it comes to cost because I don't know I've like I've tried to keep old laptops alive for as long as possible because right. they were expensive at first and then. They get to a point where they're they drop in price and then they'll just skyrocket because it's like a almost like a collector's item. Like right. nine, a Porsche nine eleven was not that expensive in nineteen sixty six. Right now it's worth a million dollars because yes. it's the first second first or second year of a new model that has now become iconic. Two other points I want to make. Okay. Also, there are um, another reason things are have got a little heated. People started selling stock at the end of the year. That happens a lot. We we we're, we're still in the midst of a multiple year many year bull run market in the stock market period and so people have all this money they're going fuck it we're going to sell some stock out at the end of the year to buy christmas presents now there's still low supply you know so that's going to that's driving prices up and we're still you know we had a little hiccup here recently with uh because the, the war was threatened but now putin says he's bringing troops back and i don't oh, know what the fuck's going. I, that happened today oh I but didn't anyway about that. so so there's that that's going on so so because the the value some people and that's one reason people are working less. There are people that they're coming out of the labor market because they're still taking care of family members from a COVID. Right. And also these family members, some of them have invested for years and are either dead or dying. There's a whole pile of people out there that are my parents' age that are now dead that have left money. I and and if, and if these family members left it in the stock market, the stock market's now in the middle of a. Shit, I didn't m- think about that. It's yeah. in a massive bull market. People like, are going, fuck it, I don't have to work. We'll just sell a thousand shares of fucking this stock and we'll be millionaires which makes sense because i i read a, a little uh article about uh the real numbers of of, of covid deaths so in this country is like not it's over nine hundred thousand now yeah we're gonna right? knock on a million before it's so nine hundred thousand people died now mm-hmm. how many people how many of those people are probably going to die in that time frame anyway 
don't don't really know. It's not but, quite thirty percent. Okay, I, that's that's the estimate. Is it's like, it's like twenty seven to twenty nine percent of those. People so probably two thirds die. weren't going to die. Right. I got gotcha. you. So two thirds of those people weren't going to die. So, so they two, either left their money to someone else or they're out of the workforce. So that's six hundred thousand people. Right. That's the population of Bakersfield. Right. That's just shy of the population of Tucson. Right. Dead. Right. Some of those people had whatever. They had retirement. Sure. They had pensions. They had all all those things that you yeah. just said pay out. I just thought of that. That may, now now I think about that and put that in the financial context. That's a shitload of expendable money. And now you have a bunch of people that don't need to work. We, we have the lowest didn't expect that. But now they're seeing the people. They're saying there's a they're saying called the Great Resignation. There's another term for it. They're saying that there's people aren't going to, they decided that they now have enough money for whatever reason, or they're just, they reevaluate their lives. So they're just not going to yeah. do this stupid thing, or they inherited a chunk of money. Or they, or, or they found a, a better, uh, they decided that they were very unhappy at their job mm-hmm. for years and they want to follow what their dream is. And I am one of those people. And I'm glad sure. I'm part of that statistic because or, I can, I can look back in 30 years and maybe talk to my, talk about, talk to my grandkids about the great resignation mm-hmm. and how me and a shitload of other people did that. And it disrupted everything. And you and I both know how much we love disruptors. We're looking right. up at the God, Elon Musk above us. Right. So that, um, that right there is going to change. I think that's we remember. I told you several times over the years. I feel like we're in a paradigm shift in this country, culturally, socially, economically, emotionally. More and more things are becoming commonplace. Men talking about their feelings and will blow their brains out. Right. You know things like that. There's a whole generation of people that are coming up and coming into their own into the workforce that have that mentality, and. Some of the 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 older generation, and I, I don't mean to shit on them because that's just the way that they were raised. Mm-hmm. The older generation was like, "Ah, oh, they're just lazy and entitled." And like, no, these are what we want. These are rights. These are things that right. we want. We will tr- be treated correctly. And for a long time, the only way you could get do that was either to say "fuck you" to your boss and leave, or organize a union and get things changed, or be part of a union and keep you know some some level and, of worker control. And there's fewer and fewer union stuff in the last number of decades. You know, the labor has stayed flat. The, mm-hmm. the labor rates for people, the the large corporations are figuring out ways to squeeze money out of this, that, and the other thing. And the the average worker is getting screwed. Right. They just are. And so people are having, you know, how many people in this town, there's one example. Every single fast food joint has a, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. You know, it's happening out here now. You know what? Maybe there's going to be some adjustments where we don't really need this many fast food restaurants in this town maybe like i said and not even this town this country right there's i think that's a whole industry that that has thrived for decades for paying people dirt cheap fucking for selling shitty food by the way most of the time yeah and like uh, and i love uh bringing up free enterprise i get it i love bringing up bill maher lately in the past probably year Mm -hmm. to people that would never have watched bill maher and they roll their eyes. I fuck. I don't want to listen to that liberal talk about it. I'm like, oh no, I don't think you understand because he loves shitting on the Democrats, especially as oh, ineffective yeah. as they are, yeah. just as much as he shits on the other side. And then, but his big thing since the beginning of COVID is, is like, we don't have a COVID problem. We have an obesity problem. We have a diabetes mm-hmm. problem. We have a heart disease problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm part of that. I'm I'm fat as fuck. Like I'm mm-hmm. unhealthy. Mm-hmm. We a lot of us are, and a lot of it has to do with corporate shit. And now you're seeing like in my. Uh, I, uh, the town I grew up in, in in Ohio, there are more mom and pop restaurants in that town than there are chains. Thank God that hasn't been like that since my dad was a little kid. So when did the shift? We're talking how long? How long has this? How long this shift started? Ten years. Okay. And it kicked up in the past two to three because mm-hmm. there's been more businesses open up in that town 
it during COVID than prior to the prior five years. Right. It's incredible. It's it blows my mind. And so, like I said, there's a it's a it's like a paradigm shift of all, all these different facets. And then it was already kind of slowly cranking away. And we saw it in like like the revitalization of downtown Kingman. Oh yeah. You know, it started with when I first with moved here there was Rednecks Barbecue was the only the thing down there when you first moved here. Coffee shop I think was down yeah, there too. Yeah, 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 and the coffee shop. And that was it, really. Yeah. And then it you know, then you had the the wine bar, Blackbridge Brewery, um oh the Italian place it, that's now the Jalisco, the Mexican yeah, uh, place. And so on and so on and so on and so on. The, yeah. uh, garlic clove. Right. And so on and so on and so on. And all these cool and shops. Garibaldi's and, and, now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the fact of the matter is you would have told me 20 years ago that we would have a vinyl record store in downtown Kingman. I would have laughed at you. And there's another skate if shop. You, it used to be years ago. And and there's, there's a skate there's shop. There's a skate shop. There hasn't been a skate shop in this town over 25 right. years. I think it was like 27 years the last time there was a right. skate shop in this town. Yep. Now there's a thriving skate shop. Frank can't keep anything in, in stock. Right. Now he can get boards. Mm-hmm. Because most of them are made here in the states, so and that's not, the other thing like, too. A lot of stuff's coming back. Thank fucking God, it's coming back. COVID's coming back. making this happen. Say stuff will be built here more. We can't rely on the Far East anymore. We just yep. can't. We just can't do that. And that, that was see that was part of the corporate structure too. It's like, well, these workers want more money here. Well, fuck you. We'll just build it in China. We'll okay, find some great. place to do it cheaper. And then the only responsibility was this was driven into my head when I have a finance degree is what's the responsible of the corporation and the board members to increase the value of stockholders. The share of stockholders. Right. That's it. In other words, there was no other considerations. You know, the health of the workers, the community. Right. For example, the health of the country. No. It was, I'm telling you, Joe, it was drilled in my head. Class after class after class, the responsibility of the board is to increase stockholders' equity. That's the price of the stock. Right. Whatever it took, whether it was a merger or firing people or changing, going to China, whatever the fuck, that was, that's the whatever culture. In the 80s, you know, uh, Wall Street... You know, they were talking about, you know, when, when Gordon Gecko was buying companies and firing people and getting rid of, you know, that was that was part of all that was part of it. That's where I grew up in. Yeah. You know, but but now there, there's a different the younger generations now is starting businesses. and They're saying we need to have a different mindset here with what's going on. Right. And they're starting now. And I, I know all of this is cyclical. I know this because. Yeah, it is. There didn't used to be giant corporations until the late what, 19, eh, like late 1800s, early 1900s. Is when you start to see big conglomerates, right? Right. And then they had the uh, the busters came in, uh, uh, yeah, because it started getting started getting really big and and controlling the country. And, con- and that's when that uh, like, the tr- who was the trust buster, um, the president? God damn it, was it uh, Teddy Wilson? Was it Teddy Roosevelt? Maybe. He uh, may have been one of the. And he was I a like Republican. Put, he, was like, a, he was Republican. I love to put everything on Teddy Roosevelt because I, I to me I think he's still the greatest president. Yeah. To to overcome the shit that he overcame in his life. The Rough Riders, that this and that, that, like everything. The fact that he got shot giving a fucking speech and kept going. Right. Because he knew he'd been shot before. He's like, I've been shot before. This is fine. I'll go to a doctor after this. But I want to. <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying, you know, it's like, it's fucking, there's there's not never going to be another badass president like not, that. Like, not like him. He was quite yeah. something. Anyway. Oh, and I was so, going to tell you one more thing. By the way, you get one guess. Which car company did not have. Tesla. Sub- yeah. What, what, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Did not have supply chain issues or computer chip problems and kept cranking out cars, totaling almost a million this last year. Yeah. Tesla. Tesla. Because yep. they build the fucking chips and they changed the, some of the architecture in, in the chips and they kept cranking out cars. Yeah. All the other companies farm everything out. They even make the seats in the Tesla factory. I know. They don't, they don't, every other auto company just farms everything out. Yeah. And that's it. Which, by the way, are the most comfortable seats there are in the automobile right now is the Tesla Model S, period. Everybody agrees. Really? Yes. 
And I'm sure there's a plenty of millionaires that that are driving Bentleys and whatnot sure, on the weekends. But, but they're but, saying these are very hard to beat, and they again they're in control of everything. But again, stockholders equity say, wouldn't it be cheaper if we just farm that out? But that's not what they're wanting to do. They're wanting to keep everything that's called vertical vertical integration from the top to the bottom. Yeah, you know, they want to mine the lithium. They want to, yeah, you know, and that that's a different, that's a an old business model that's now coming back. It's cyclical now from 150 years ago. For real, like you're talking, let's go pre-prohibition, and this is just something I know the history of very well. Pre-prohibition. There were uh, about about eighteen hundred breweries in the United mm-hmm. States, and it mm-hmm. was most of them were in the Midwest mm-hmm. and, and and the Northeast, just because uh, a lot of it had to do with the German, Polish, and Hungarian influence of immigrants coming to this country in early eighteen hundreds to like the mid eighteen sixties, eighteen seventies. And what they did is they just took their same model of okay, well. Each town needs to have a brewery, and it's a restaurant, and every little tiny village has one. And, you know, bigger cities are going to have multiple, obviously. And their barley, their wheat, their hops, all came local. all came local, and it was grown by local farmers, yep. and everybody congregated together. And then Prohibition happened, and uh, uh, I want to say it was, it was fewer than 100 survived Prohibition because mm-hmm. they were able to pivot. Like Yingling, uh, they pivoted to, like, cream soda, root beer, and then medicinal alcohol, in quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, but doctors could write a prescription, and that was honestly to keep alcoholics from just dying. Right. So they had that. So they were able to pivot and do that. A handful of others did that. August Bush, the Budweiser, like they, they all did They did that, and they were that's why they were able to, to survive. Mm-hmm. And then it those all got conglomerated together, and that's where you get Anheuser-Busch and Michelob, and then you know all the Coors labels and so on, and like all those, right? So then they all combined together, and then you had three companies selling ninety eight percent and ninety nine percent of the is, beer. So after prohibition, it was the big big companies then? Yeah, it was. A, it became they just started gobbling up the companies that were able to pivot and survive prohibition, which are you know typically okay, something so, like that. If you outlawed craft beer, mm-hmm. thirty seven hundred breweries in the United States would close down of varying sizes. Right. They were closed down. You just couldn't do and it. Then so they they, and that. then, then ten years from now, they said, Duh, "Never mind. We're going to have craft beer." It would yeah. take a while. And it was thirteen years. Right. That's how long prohibition was. So, right. you give it ten to fifteen years, and they're you know it's gonna, whoever survived is going to take over the market. Talk about disrupting the fly the, the fly the supply chain. Yeah. No. Or the, or the fly chain, whatever you want to. Yeah. So that uh, and now the cycle has come back around again to shop local, drink local. You can talk to the person who makes your alcohol and things like that, and that it's not just craft beer. That's just the world that I exist in. But mm-hmm. the it, it um, it's distilling as well. Uh, like the craft spirit game is is taking over. It's kicking the shit out of the the big uh, distillers, right? And it's, they're trying to they're they're having trying to figure out how to pivot and survive themselves because they're getting cut out. Like we talked about uh, last week, uh, not on the podcast, but beforehand, the the numbers that I saw. For 2021, for craft beer is incredible. Just the beer market in, mm-hmm. in the United States. So in 2008, uh, the craft beer market was right at 1%. It was like 0.8%, 0.9%, mm-hmm. almost 1% of mm-hmm. the market, right, mm-hmm. of the beer market. Yep. The other 99% was Miller, Coors, Constellation Brands. You know, the I can't think of the name of the company that owns Guinness, uh, that that company, they because they own a bunch of different uh, brew houses as well. So... They had 99% of, of the market. That's 2008. In 2021, it's... They're right, now, so 13 years later. Okay, go ahead. That's that that's for year-end 2021. 
13 mm. years later to use the prohibition model which is the article that I that I read it's that like, is that, funny you know, this exact number of years yeah. in 2021 13 year, years later it's tw- a little over 28% okay so it went from what to 28% just under 1% 1% to 28% 30 that's almost called almost 30 the third that's all that's an incredible number that's so many billions of dollars that are now in the pockets of local people yep local artisans yep and workers that's yep. in the money and it's staying local and that I just I I love that now are those folks shipping stuff elsewhere? Of course, it's not all. It's not all drank locally. That that's not that's not the point. The point is, it went from these huge conglomerates, right, that are all about marketing and not about substance, to to stuff that's actual has actual style and craft is is drinkable, consumable art, right. And it's incredible to see that. And it's not it's not just craft beer, it's uh, all kinds of stuff. It's bakeries, right. It's coffee shops. And you want to go a little bit, all sorts you want to go a little cool bit bigger. People like to shit on. A lot of people like to shit on Elon Musk. He's now, you know, he's an American in building shit in America. One of the things and hiring um, you know, also around the world, but you know, started of course. opening companies back up and then not outsourcing shit. You know, it's all going to be made locally as right. much as they can. Yeah. You know, but people like to crap on him. It's like, hey, it's not. He's not following. Yes, it's a big corporation, the wealthiest corporation in the world right now. Right. Per market value and also forced a market change yeah it for it forced a huge change because there's no fucking way on earth if if elon musk hadn't started tesla or right. or taken tesla over and built it to what it is right now mm. there's no fucking way in the world that you would have had a mustang mach e nope no goddamn way there's no way you nope. wouldn't have a ford lightning no nope. that is first off do you remember the ford lightnings from the early 90s it was a 351. I think it was a 351 Windsor. Really? It was about 440 horsepower. Positive traction rear end. There's a couple. Ford Lightning what? It was a, oh, it was an F-150. Okay. It was a like, short bed, single really? cab. I think Lightning? you could only okay. get them in white. They make them, made them for a few years the old square body style with the square headlights. Okay. And then when they went to the rounded body style, I think they made it for four or five years. It was a specialty thing. It's fast as fuck. I'm gonna say I do not remember like that. As, but. And that was the whole. I remember the one that came out the uh, 97. I think is when that new body style, the curvy body style, came mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. 97 or 98, and they had a lightning. And there was one here in town. And like me and my buddies would like hope that guy showed up to Sonic on Saturday night when we brought our <laughs> shit boxes. And he did a few times, and he took us for rides in it. And like I, that guy had um, a drag strip like print out like the slips. Mm-hmm. He was beating Corvettes. Wow. In a pickup truck. In nice. a fucking pickup truck. Nice. So now you have a Ford Lightning that's that I I don't know if they've released it or they just released it. It's electric. It's all electric. Right. Yep. Short bed. And the prices yeah. are speaking of supply and demand. People are outbidding and they're about to, to get these uh trucks because again people have excess money. Some of them do. But I think this there was some big statement the CEO of Ford came out. He said, We're gonna try to stop letting the dealers jack up all these prices on everybody. That's another thing that's starting to change, too. That's the big dis- – I think that's probably the biggest uh, disruption to autos, the automotive uh, climate that, in this country that Elon Musk has pushed mm-hmm. is the uh, what used to be called the Apple model. Because you used to not be able to buy Apple computers unless you went to an Apple store. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Now, obviously, that's different, and you know, you can buy them anywhere. But like that, that's how it used to be. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they didn't, they cut out the middleman because you're, yeah. Why would you give more profits to them? Right. So with Musk, I still can't believe he moved to Texas. I thought he was going to say fuck you to Texas for the rest of his life. After oh, they, because they, yeah, because they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't let him sell cars. They, there. they wouldn't let him sell cars to the dir- like direct, you know, uh, yep. manufacturer to consumer. They had yep. to go through the um, car lot, which is a business model that reminds me of real estate, which is fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. So like 
I don't need a car salesman. Like you, know, you can have three car salesmen in a nice place, just like Ferrari does, Lamborghini, Porsche, Audi, Volkswagen. Those are direct. A lot of them are factory owned, mm-hmm. and those people are employed by that company. Right. They're not. They're a, not. not they're independent not, dealer. That's, right. Yeah. Now, granted, that kind of goes against my previous point about local this and local that. But sure. if you eliminate a huge, a substantial portion of cost there, you should be able to reduce the cost of your vehicles and increase your profits. Right. So I think. I think a couple reasons he moved, though. I think he was, California gets a little crazy sometimes with some of their regulations and that kind of shit. Sometimes. There's no question. Five, okay. what is it, four years it took uh, Bill Maher to get solar panels? Right. So, so <laughs> like, it's fucking, so that has to change also. Of course, yeah. There has to get, there's going to be some changes. Yeah. I can guarantee it. So he said, fuck it. And then he, uh, you know, he, he went to, Texas basically invited him to do his space program thing there. Right. Plus he wanted to build these trucks in Texas, that's the main. That's where they're going to be building the uh, the the funky uh, the Tesla oh, truck, horseshoe horseshoe crab uh, squared off horseshoe, horseshoe crab <laughs> truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. A couple reasons too, because that's gonna, and it's also in the middle of the country. So for shipping, it's going to be less money to distribute around from Texas. That all makes sense. And I mean, you have less. Uh, the ports down there are not nearly as busy, but they're just as good. Right. And it's like and Long he, Beach or San Francisco. And he got rid of all of us. He had a bunch of homes in California and said, fuck it, I'm just out of here, whatever. And does he really live anywhere anyway? The thing of it, he's constantly traveling. Right. Does he have really a home he goes home to? Hi, honey, I'm home. He's got his manufactured house down in, in Texas, yeah, which is funny as he hell. He stays in a couple times probably, but he also has another place he hangs out with friends, I think, and somewhere in Austin, like multimillionaires. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. So he doesn't stay there all the time, but he, he lives there officially, quote unquote. But he's also in Germany. He's in China. He's got, these people that are running international corporations like he is. He lives on his goddamn jet most of the time, probably. He's flying right. around, so it doesn't really doesn't have a home per se. He's not out there mowing the lawn and weeding the garden on Sunday, which would be funny as hell if he did. <laughs> if I were a billionaire like that guy, I would do that just to stay humble. Just so like, there's maybe Elon. who's the mo- Who's mowing the Elon? It's Elon Musk mowing his own lawn. Look at that. Hello. hello. Oh, it's electric mower. Uh, I'll do your lawn for twenty bucks. <laughs> You should do that. Do you have a Tesla? It's free. That would be hilarious if you actually did. A Tesla snapper? Imagine a fuck, like the Forrest Gump right. riding lawnmower, like the old-style snapper. And then Elon but would, would but show up. I noticed your lawn is a little bit long. It would be Elon Musk mowing. <laughs> he kind of wears some bigger glasses. He wouldn't quite recognize them, but he'd be out. He would get 20 bucks to mow your lawn. I got it. <laughs> he can name his line of electric lawnmowers the Elon Musk. <laughs> oh, my God. Or just call it Elon, E hyphen L A W N. L A W N. I am a golden god. And, pe- of and pe- people wouldn't think anything because it's E like electric, E E of e course, lawn. and then lawn. And people would, that he would show up, but no one would really. Again, he'd have like a hat and glasses. They wouldn't really. Maybe like a Hawaiian shirt. They and wouldn't like, think and it was him. Miller High Life in a koozie that says uh, the the buck stops here, like Wine and Dine sixty nine or something on his koozie. <laughs> something, something really very dad like, right. And then he'd be out mowing, and then someone would get a video of it. I think this might be Elon Musk mowing this guy's lawn over here. Look at that, Elon. He's riding his E-lawn. I'm telling you, I've been a marketing genius for about a week. I've been coming up with all sorts of crazy ideas. uh, You should tweet him. You should should add him and see if he'll contact you and go, this is a good idea. I think I'm going to mow someone's lawn in Texas. I'll do it like 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, which is when he's usually fucked up on wine and comes up with the the boring company. Or whiskey. Yeah, yeah, and he loves his whiskey. I fucking love that. The the boring company. Tired of this traffic in L.A. (laughs) 
We're going to dig tunnels under under the streets. Right. And we're going to call it the boring company. Which that needs more attention to. There's problems with the one in Vegas, but they are correcting it, I think. Well, they're, yeah. They're really, I mean, yeah. I, the, it was such a harebrained scheme, and I can't believe people actually, like municipalities, jumped on it. But I with Vegas, I know that specifically for their convention halls, mm-hmm. as that becomes more and more popular, and it's just only in the past 20 years it's gotten huge. I think they'll make it work. I think they will, and they do have a, a problem in Vegas moving lots of people around. Oh, yeah. Because they have those big surges where they'll have – Eighty or a hundred thousand people descend upon that town for yep. a fight weekend, a convention, whatever, yep. and they can't move people. Like there's, there's something like twenty thousand Uber drivers and Lyft drivers in, uh, uh, in Las Vegas. In addition to the Jesus. cab companies are still there. I'm like Jesus Christ. So I wonder but if right now, sense. if you if we were to go to Vegas, let's say right now, just get in the truck and go. Yeah. Uh, could you get a ride in one of those Teslas? Your bl- truck might be too tall. No, I don't mean in for oh. my truck. To, do they have Teslas there right now? We could go. Hey, I, uh, take me to that end over there. Do maybe. they have it? Are they only do it for a convention? Can they? Can stuff? you do it with a beer in your hand? Because that just makes it so much better. Probably. I don't know why. Well, they probably don't want beer in the vehicle. Probably. Why? You're not driving it. Because they'll spill it. Okay. I'm not saying you would spill it. No, oh, I probably saying. would spill it, especially if I'm drunk enough to go. Hey, let's go down underground and but ride across town in a Tesla. In a Tesla. Um, that's what the. Um, that's what I like to know. If you can go there, like when? When could you get a ride under? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. I have no idea. That's funny. I. Uh, yeah, this uh, economics talk has made me a little smarter. I think. Thank you for that. And Are hopefully, you some people got educated because there's there's a lot of folks that just just like me that have no idea what all that stuff means. Right. Honestly, like I know I I know part of the problem with supply chain is truck driving is not that fun. Right. It kind of sucks, and yeah. the pay is not nearly as good for the pay. like the the pay is good. Yeah. Right, the pay is good, and they're otherwise. But it's hard on your body. You're away from your home. There's a lot of negatives. Exactly. There, there's bad a for your health. There's yes. There's very bad for your health. It's bad. It's bad to sit that long. It's bad for your kidneys to hold your pee that long. It's just like in truck drivers classically have had a whole host of health problems. Are all very common to truck drivers. But at Skin least cancer on the left side from yes, driving. But, yeah. But at least we have a good healthcare system to take care of them. Yeah, it's rock solid. It does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, and I, I feel like I have to say this again. There is no nursing shortage. There's not okay. a shortage of nurses. Right. There is a shortage of employees who refuse to take bullshit. Right. And they found other avenues to make money. There's not a uh, shortage of healthcare workers. I wonder if there's still a lot of. Well, there are a lot. I, I just want what the numbers are of the, of the people that are in school now to get nursing degrees. I wonder if it's still steady. And, you know, I don't even know. I, I actually, know. I do know who I could ask would be uh, Ed Mann's wife, Andrea. She okay. would know because she she keeps up on that stuff. Okay. That's one of the reasons I lo- love her to death. I mean, she's an incredible human and fantastic mother. She likes mother data in her career. She, she really to, does. Yeah. It's specific to her career, like mm-hmm. just specific to nursing. Mm-hmm. And she's always been like that as long as I've known her, as long as she's been a nurse. Ask her. And I, and I will ask her. Uh, but I do know, like, there's there are plenty of hospitals around the country that do not have a staffing problem. Mm-hmm. And that's because they treat their employees properly. There you and go. And that's just a bottom line. Like, it really is. And now these big companies are, like, kind of scratching their asses and going, oh, shit. We got to change some shit. Because they're going to fail. They're right. already starting to fail. Right. Uh, Mayo Clinic just bought out. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Mayo. Nope. It was Kaiser Permanente just bought out, like, 16 hospitals in the West. Okay. Uh, and it, they bought them out basically to bail them out. And then now they're Kaiser Permanente hospitals. 
and they're all run very well. They're treated very. The so folks are treated very. I remember well. when Kaiser first came out, like in the seventies or maybe. I, I remember my grandparents signed up for it when I was a kid, uh-huh. and I heard all about it. My I remember hearing my grandparents talking about it years ago. So yeah, you join this. They didn't live too far from one of the Kaiser buildings or right. facilities, and you bought you bought into the health insurance with them, and it was really reasonable. It was reasonable, and you got great care. And yes, they never complained yeah. about it, and they took care of them. Through their dying the, dying days, the Kaiser guy, like the guy, like I don't know, Doctor Kaiser, whatever, the sure. Kaiser of Kaiser Permanente, he, in order to get people to move to Hawaii, which is incredible that at that time was a it was tr- it was hard they were having a hard time. He bought like three thousand acres, four thousand acres, something like that, and mm-hmm. developed a commu- housing community for his employees to get them to come to like for potential employees to come to Hawaii to. To work, work in the at their, their various facility facilities, order. yeah. Okay. Because there's a Kaiser Hospital there. There's two yeah. big hospital. There's two decent sized hospitals in Honolulu. You have Kaiser, mm-hmm. and then you have Queens Hospital, which is the public hospital. So, um, uh, Kaiser, when they built that hospital, he had trouble staffing the place. I think it's the late '60s, early '70s. Because it was Hawaii, it was not the mainland. You're saying it People wasn't would... the mainland. It's the middle of nowhere. And right. back then, that was when air travel was ungodly expensive to fly. Right. Right. Uh, you know, uh, off the continent. So. Uh, it, it was uh, and you had that was a place where rich people went to go on vacation sure and then you had locals that served those people but he also it, knew right? they needed a hospital they, so he built a hospital he built there, a hospital and then he goes no I can't get anybody to come here and then he built this housing comp not comp it's not a compound it's it's beautiful mm-hmm. the the neighborhood is called Hawaii Kai okay and that's where my friend Sebastian and, and Lindley and their daughters live oh okay and instead of imagine it's places I just love it now like the part of it it's not all like this because there's a couple high rise like apartment complex, condo complexes in this area, so but, the, but the Kaiser but facility the, is still there. The Kaiser facility is on the other, like kind of on like like for the seven, eight miles, ten miles away. Right? Oh, okay. And so it's on a main, so it's not right together. Road. The development no, and the no, okay. and Hawaii Kai is kind of off to the east side. Okay, of uh, it's like it's east of of Honolulu, but like it's it's like six miles from Timmy's house. Like to drive from his condo mm-hmm. to Sebastian's takes like. 15 minutes okay it's not that far away but it is not in the city, sure. city. Okay. so but this uh this housing subdivision i guess of hawaii this neighborhood of hawaii kai and like you have your streets where you park on your you know at you know in your garage or your, your driveway or whatever but then like the backside of a lot of these homes has a dock and then you have canals. That, oh, that's that, that place. Around. That's yes. part of Kaiser, Kaiser Permanente Kaiser, development. Well, it's not, they they it developed was Mr. It. Kaiser. It's now it's now now it's 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 you know obviously public domain. But he's the one who bought that land, had these homes built, and said we and have a home people. for you to come here. We have the, they're fairly cheap. Yes, it's a little bit further away from the hospital than if you lived in Honolulu. But who wants to live there? It's right. High rises and this and that and the other. And you these have a dock in your and, backyard. And these are like smaller town homes. So they're like, some of them are like four or six complex mm-hmm. or there's just standalone houses and it's a really cool neighborhood and now it's like where people want to live right because it's fucking rad because you right. they're you're uh you know how like i've uh you're like one of my only good friends that like doesn't live downtown i would like to though i know you would but right. I mean, so what i'm getting at yeah. is like i have this nice little community okay. like i'm i'm five minute walk to um Kind uh, of anything. My friend Dallas and Paul and then Mike Brown and Jeremiah and his right. lady friend and Mike Nunez and, and, and you Julia. Can, you can walk downtown, obviously, if you the, really felt like right, it. Obviously the it's the right fairies, there. my friends Mike and Storm, mm-hmm. Charlie and Lisa. Like, these are all within a five-minute walk. These are people in, these are in our circle. Like, these mm-hmm. are our people. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like there, but you get to get on a boat and go and just 
get drunk from party to party. It's right. like fucking awesome. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I know. So I've like, done that. That's yeah. a company that knows how to treat their employees properly, and they've always done that since the beginning, and that's why they're not failing. We know what we can call that, though, Joe. Socialism, yeah, socialized so, medicine. Or, that that guy said he's going to build affordable housing, or it's just smart capitalism because Kaiser Permanente is right. valued at like three hundred billion dollars or something like right. that. So they're still doing Kaiser Permanente is still yeah. known, known as a good health Absolutely. institute. Yeah. So if you lived in an area where there was a Kaiser Hospital, is it the same kind of structure where you could buy into the Kaiser? plan kind of thing like I my grandparents I, I, did i honestly don't know okay. i'm sure there is okay. if they started and it was successful they probably it probably is i don't know right um i do know that there's another group called it's the miami valley hospital group and that's like they built a hospital in my uh, the, the town i grew up in and uh, they they're all over that area of ohio and they treat their employees very well they get i mean they accrue okay when i 12 years at KRMC, I was maxed out at how many uh, PTO hours every pay period I accrued. Mm-hmm. And I was at like 11.5 or something like that. So almost a full shift mm-hmm. per two weeks I was accruing. Like mm-hmm. it was you know, 11 and a half hours, you know, just banking it away. Uh, MVH group, the Miami Valley Hospital in Ohio, they start at 12 hours every – start. Like the day one, you start, you know. Wow. You start with 12 hours in your bank. So they give it to you right off yes, the bat. Yes, after you've worked there two weeks, you get 12 hours in your bank. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, you get another 12. And then every year, it goes up by five hours. Mm-hmm. Think about that. If you work there 10 years, you could go on vacation for six months. Why don't you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Yeah, I love it when people say that <laughs> phrase because then I, I, I advise them that they are using that phrase incorrectly. They are. Yeah. People don't know it. It's one of my favorite things. It's an old uh, Tumblr post of mis misconstrued sayings Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite ones is the the uh blood is thicker than water Mm -hmm. and the implication is is that you know you know the blood you know our blood we're related of your family family is stronger than stronger than anything else that's not what that means it's from shakespeare and it's the 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 blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb meaning relationships formed through adversity or on purpose are much stronger than those just because you were born from the, from the family. same mother. So it means the opposite. It of means what the absolute complete opposite. opposite yeah. Pulling yourself up, self up by your it's bootstraps is also. an impossibility. You can't right. pull yourself up by bootstraps. That doesn't fit. It's not physically possible. Right. Try and grab your shoe and pick yourself off off the ground by grabbing your shoe. It doesn't make any sense. Well, All you, you have if to you keep is, making me mad. I'm going to have to call the gazpacho police. Oh God. <laughs> it was it was so funny. <laughs> And that's not even a political thing. If that woman I were a, 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 I don't know, if, if she was, I don't know, just a public speaker at a Seroptimus thing, and she said gazpacho, please, I would make fun of her until the end of her life. I want to see her and Cortez go toe-to-toe. Because that way... Here's the thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's all about she, CrossFit. She's pretty she, scrappy. She, she's she, pretty tough. She's, but uh, she's, she's CrossFit strong. Mm-hmm. AOC is kind of from the hood, but also kind of from the suburbs too. So, like, and I don't Puerto know. Rican, I believe, isn't she Puerto right. Rican? Yeah. And so, I don't know. Be, it might I be think tough. AOC would physically get the shit kicked out of her, but then would just go and be like, "Well, you know, of course you're going to be like that. You're like your testosterone is through the roof because all you do is fucking leg lifts and fucking squats." <laughs> like, I don't know. But that gazpacho comment was one of the funniest things ever. What that was a, hilarious. And then the comeback from Ocasio-Cortez uh, was, uh, well, it's obvious that Marjorie Taylor Greene has already burned all the books in her home. Right. Like leading by example. <laughs> or something. Fucking funny. Like, like so you think she would have read those books before she burned them. I think, I, she, <laughs> said, I think like, she said something like that. I went, ooh. Oh, God, man. Fucking sick burn. Jesus. Yeah. 
Anyway, there you have but it. But anyway, all right, I think that's it for me, man. My, the one more topic which we'll talk about later is an, it's a thought experiment. So try to remind me of the thought experiment that I'm uh, robbing from one of the podcasts from uh, Lex Fridman. Do you uh, want to talk about it now? No, it's going to take too long. Okay, fine. And then we haven't been on long enough. People are yammering. So, we're yammering long enough. Thought experiment next week on Cartoon It'll Casual. Be, uh, it's a thought thing, about, and it basically has to do with kind of technology, but how people people think that they're more independent, but how we're really completely dependent on everybody else yeah. before us. You know, people always, you know, we're independent. We're going to live alone and do this and do that. Yeah, you can say that, but we're really all connected together. And I'm not that left. I like to take the real proper test. You know, one of those tests you take to ask all these questions. You'll and, come out as libertarian. 99% of everybody you, does. You not 99%. So? No, I, it's like it's a really high percentage. Right. When you do, it's a... Is MIT that developed that test? Harvard? Some, some high-level institution created this political test. to see oh, One of those fake truly... institutions that really... Yeah, the... yeah, it's a fake news institution that started before <laughs> this fucking country. Right. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. It's like when people are like, ooh, fucking Harvard. It's, it's older than the United States. Right. It's, it's, it's by old. the way, who was the asshole uh, uh, founding father that said we should have all universities be free? Jefferson. Right. So be there you free. go. You want to throw in your founding father's thing. He wanted all education to be free yeah. so everybody would be smarter because that's probably a better thing to have. Yeah, it's probably good to be uh, not right. surrounded by a bunch of stupid people. He's but a fucking then, communist, but, socialist, ho- dippy, hippy, dippy, smoke, right. dope smoker fucking guy. Uh, <laughs> it's it's right along the same lines as, uh, it's what, fucking 2,500 years ago, 3,000 years ago, Socrates Said an unexamined mind. Yes, what is it, that? Uh, is not worth living. Uh, or un, yeah, unexamined. Un, uh, yeah, uh, an unexamined mind is not. not worth, I mean, life. Unexamined life. Unexamined me. life is not worth living. Right. And then the Senate struck that down and said, "You can't teach said, that." Hey, 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 hey! We want people to pump be, the brakes. There, Socrates. We need Socrates. We need to <laughs> let. We need the people to be cogs in the wheel, uh, like cogs, right. in, you know, in the machine. Otherwise, the machine's going to collapse. And you don't want these guys thinking too much now. Yeah, you don't want them to think too much. Right. And Jefferson was like, no, they need to think all the time. This is right. a good idea. And the, they said if you could get, I think Jefferson said, if you can get to the university, you are, you, yeah, you're, we will you'll teach be taken you. care of. Yeah. Kind of like the, what's the big library that they fucking, whoever fucking burned down? Library of Alexandria. Alexandria, yeah. right. All this, not, you can get there, you can check any book at, yeah. or scroll. And multiple things. scholars from all over the world, all walks of life, all, and it was, uh, yeah. The, it was the most fantastic things ever that was the library, burned. There, the, I read, actually, this was, uh, Lex Friedman talked about this on a podcast like maybe two weeks ago. Okay. And I just saw the clip. It was like a 10-minute clip. It was like Library of Alexandria. I was like, oh, I, that's something I'm interested in. Because mm-hmm. that's like, it was the compendium of, of human knowledge it was that, it. of all contact in the old world. And we're going, we're talking like there were Chinese manuscripts there that were translated. And there was People this, and walked like, yeah. and came by ship to come there and, yes, and, bring, and bring books and, bring books and, and learn. hang out and learn. That was your price of tuition to learn at the Library of Alexandria was bring your own information yep. to share. That's incredible. So uh, this eight or ten minute clip was uh this scholar talking about uh the you know by all estimates if the library of alexandria had continued to operate Mm -hmm. the dark ages never would have happened yeah the enlightenment wouldn't have been an an enlightenment would have been just just, it would just been been like a day it just would have been the the 1500s (laughs) yeah uh and we wouldn't have as many wars and have this. We'd, be, we'd probably be on other planets by now. Yes. It's set it, 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 because the Dark Ages set back humanity Way a lot. back for hundreds of years. Right. For yep. like 700 years. Yeah. And you wouldn't have this. You had more cohesion. You had, more, you had, you had all these different scholars, which back then scholars were all clergy for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. And, and they were all there. 
right and running this place right. and then it you know didn't happen My i don't God. remember what what group burned that was it i don't was it christians i don't even know who it, burned it was it was place multiple down. times it wasn't just one that's time. true it was damaged multiple times by multiple wars because of where it was at alexandria was like it was very very important port yeah. which means it's a target of militaries all around the mediterranean which you're talking yeah. about um the Moors were starting to get powerful, the uh, Kemenid Empire, the uh, Comedid Empire, the uh, Romans, still kind of the like the, and the Spartans. It was destined um, to be a problem then. Mesopotamia. Obviously. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Was that the place that had the major, huge lighthouse, like a super tall structure that had a... The lighthouse of uh, uh, Alexandria. That, oh, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that guy. <laughs> right. Um, and Hypatia, isn't that the hot, smart chick that was uh, there... Yes, I think that was her name. Uh, she was like one of the lead sco- scholars. I think you're is such that, a smart fucker. Isn't that right? Yeah, I, no, I you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, we should definitely remember to talk about. I'll do some research, more research on the Library of Alexandria. If anyone's, it's interested. very saddening if you really start to see it, how much was there and what was lost. The the things that were lost. I mean, we're talking lost books of the Bible that never made it, made it in there, like right. things like that. Now that with the Dead Sea Scrolls, oh, 1947. Actually, I think, it might, I think it was like 1948, but it was around there. Okay. Uh, when the kid, little kid was like a little shepherd boy, was out by the Dead Sea and running his flock through, and he was just kind of tossing rocks, and he tossed a rock down a hole and heard a shatter, and he goes, what the hell is that? And he crawls in there, and he found all these uh, little these little, clay uh, pots with yeah. all the scrolls in them. They found the Dead Sea Scrolls, wow. which is where you, got, you found all these, the rejected books of the Bible that mm-hmm. never made it in there. Like the, like, uh, the there's gospel. A book of, there's a book of Thomas, I think. There's a book of Thomas. There's a book yeah. of... Uh, there was another St. John the Baptist book. There was another, and then there was, uh, I know there's one, Mary Magdalene, and there's a couple others that were based around letters that they wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so let's do some research on Library of Alexandria. That would be, it's a fascinating thing. And I, it, I was, I didn't really learn about that early in my education. I can't remember when I learned about that, but I, all this, I, I think that Neil deGrasse Tyson, one of his series, goes through that. Probably. Talks about the, yeah, and what was there, what was lost. You know the stuff that was how original it was, and again, again, it was like an open education thing, like Thomas Jefferson, like Jefferson wanted, right? That that guy, whatever. All right, that's it. All right, folks, y'all have a good one, and go to the cellar door. Go to the cellar door. Get smart. This weekend is it fr- Friday? We're going to be there. Friday we? the eighteenth. Come I, give us our t- oh, I will be there later. Later. I have an engagement. Right. Well, you should come with your engagement. I will. Maybe. Whatever. But I have, no, I, I just have dinner at seven. Okay. But I will be there after. Perfect. All right. Thank you, folks. Bye.